You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpel965.com. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette. Roger Stone would have reported to prison today. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, but President Trump made sure he wouldn't. He saved my life, and at least on paper, he gave me a chance to fight for vindication. Stone had a lot to say in his first interview since the sentence was controversially commuted. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave Roger Stone, who is set to spend 40 months in prison, told Fox's Sean Hannity he was approached by a prosecuting attorney during his trial to make a deal. If I would come clean, if I would confess, that they uh, that they might be willing to, you know, uh, recommend leniency to the judge. Perhaps I wouldn't even serve any jail time. Stone was convicted of obstruction, witness tampering, and making false statements as part of the Russia probe. Special counsel Robert Mueller, who defended the prosecution in a Washington Post op-ed, may be called to testify before the Republican-controlled Senate Judiciary Committee. Dave? Rachel, Democrats are calling for an investigation into if the president acted in exchange for Stone keeping quiet. Is Daniel Lewis Lee still alive? Early this morning, the Supreme Court allowed federal executions to proceed, overturning rulings that halted them, including Lee's, which was set for yesterday in Indiana. Court papers then indicated the triple murderer's lethal injection rescheduled for 4 a.m. this morning. We've heard no word of it actually being carried out. A cop killer is being hunted in Washington state. Bothell Police Department called out on a traffic stop. There was a very short pursuit thereafter um, with reports that someone was running from the vehicle. Aaron Snow with the Snohomish County response team says when backup arrived, one officer was dead, another seriously injured. The coronavirus surge across the country. As California's Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom closing some things back up. Restaurants, wineries, tasting rooms, movie theaters, family entertainment centers, zoos and museums, card rooms, uh, and uh, the shuttering of all bars. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently. And other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Well, we'll go to the polls today in two states to pick Senate candidates. In Alabama's Republican primary, former Senator Jeff Sessions is trying to win back the seat he gave up to become attorney general. But President Trump has endorsed former Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville. 
deeply critical of Sessions' decision to recuse himself from the Russian election interference investigation. Fox's Jared Halpern, the winner, will take on Democrat Doug Jones, who won a special election to replace Sessions in 2017 in today's other race. Voters head to the polls today in a three-way race in Maine between lobbyist Betsy Sweet, lawyer Bree Kidman, and House Speaker Sarah Gideon to challenge four-term Republican Senator Susan Collins. And at one point, maybe she was different than some of the other folks in Washington, but she doesn't seem that way anymore. Gideon has been the front runner in the race with the backing of National Democrats targeting Senator Collins, whose calling card over her four terms has been compromised. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. What will Washington's NFL team be called? That's the big question now that the Redskins name and Native American image logo were scrapped as the NFL gets ready for a season in the middle of a pandemic. The Oakley Mouth Shield, a product designed by Oakley in collaboration with doctors and engineers from the NFL and the NFL Players Association to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus on the field is expected to be distributed to all 32 teams over the next week. Plastic sheets extend down from the Oakley eyewear and then attach to the face guard. There are airways and an opening on the mouth shield, but none that allow direct transmission of droplets. Now, according to the NFL, the two biggest concerns to date have been visibility and breathability for players. They're currently awaiting feedback from the L.A. Rams and L.A. Chargers, who were the first to receive these shields. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are rising ahead of today's trading. The day after the Dow rose 10 with the NASDAQ, dropped 226 points down from its record high. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. New this morning, Lafayette police are investigating an incident in which one of their own police cruisers was struck by gunfire. The incident happened on Sunday night as officers were responding to a call around midnight at a Mud Avenue business in the city. According to reports, several people had gathered at the location and officers were called to clear the group from the scene. During all that, there were reports of a single gunshot fired. That shot, fired by an unknown individual at the time, struck the police cruiser at the tire. You can read more about that story on our website. State Education Superintendent Kate Brumley tells the House Education Committee that reopening schools next month during a pandemic will be a monumental task, but they provided local school systems with guidance on how it can be done. Brumley says it all starts with good hygiene. He says one positive coronavirus case will not shut down a school, but several cases could lead to a temporary closure. Brumley also says they're recommending face masks for students in grades 3 through 12. Bessie is meeting this morning to discuss whether that is going to be a mandate or just a recommendation for districts. A decision will be made at this morning's meeting as to whether or not masks will be mandated. Louisiana is reporting 78,000 coronavirus cases. The state has 4.6 million people which means about 2% of the state's residents have tested positive. Find those numbers as well on our website. And a reminder, state and federal personal partnership and corporate income tax returns are due tomorrow. The original dates were in April and May, but Louisiana Revenue Secretary Kimberly Robinson says the pandemic inspired the state and federal government to push it back two to three months. Robinson says they have a fair number of returns that have not been filed yet and that many people took advantage of the extended deadline with good reason. Again, that is tomorrow. It's questionable whether high school football will be played this fall after an announcement by the LHSAA. Jeff Palermo has the story. 
One state lawmaker suggested fall high school sports should be canceled, but LHSAA Executive Director Eddie Bonine told the House Education Committee they never considered it. At no time had there been any conversation or any type of releases from my office to, through our committee that we were going to cancel any any fall sports. But Bonine says the LHSAA will not allow high school football games until the state is in phase four. Currently, the state is in phase two, and to steal a line from football, it's third and long on achieving phase four. I'm Jeff Palermo. A body found in California's Lake Piru has been identified as missing Glee star Naya Rivera. On Monday afternoon, Ventura County authorities said the body's appearance, clothing, and location leads them to believe they found the remains of the 33-year-old actress and singer. She hadn't been seen since going on an outing with her young son almost a week ago. The four-year-old boy was found alone and asleep on a rented boat and told authorities his mother vanished underwater. An autopsy will be done to find out the exact cause of death. Lawyers for Jeffrey Epstein's longtime associate, G. Lane Maxwell, are expected to argue their client be released on $5 million bond during a hearing today in New York. The 58-year-old denies accusations that she recruited young girls for Epstein to sexually abuse them in the 1990s and that she's being used as a scapegoat due to her relationship with him. The British socialite was arrested earlier this month in New Hampshire. She's being held in Brooklyn. Prosecutors argue she's a wealthy flight risk who tried to go undetected from authorities in New Hampshire by wrapping her cell phone in tinfoil. The mayor of Florida's hard-hit Miami-Dade County says he does not want to put more restrictions on restaurants as coronavirus cases continue to spike. Mayor Carlos Jimenez said on Monday he wants to see if his ban on indoor dining, a 10 p.m. curfew, and a countywide mask order can stabilize the rising infection numbers before forcing more businesses to close. Delta Airlines says three passengers have tested positive for coronavirus after a recent regional flight. The flight through subsidiary Endeavor Air flew from Atlanta to Albany, New York on July 6th. Now, all passengers who were on the flight were asked to call their local health departments. The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon returned to its modified studio 6A in Rockefeller Center to tape last night's episode of the NBC Late Night Show. Fallon is the first late night host to return to the studio. His first guest last night was New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. And finally, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is appealing a federal judge's order to shut down the Dakota Access Pipeline. Attorneys for the Corps filed a notice of appeal Monday, a week after a judge ruled the Corps failed to provide an adequate environmental impact statement when building that pipeline. The heat is back. It's going to be 94 degrees today. Daniel Phillips has your forecast. This mini midsummer heat wave continues again today. We've got another round of pretty intense heat out there. Highs are going to get up to about 94 in the afternoon. That heat index going to push anywhere from about 107 to 112 by the end of the day today. So the heat advisory is going to be staying up across Acadiana for at least another day. A 20% chance for a quick passing shower later in the afternoon. Otherwise, most of us going to be staying dry and overnight lows going to drop down to around 79. Rain chances are up to about 30% for tomorrow. And in fact, I think a little more moisture on the way means we could see some scattered showers as early as Thursday. As far as the heat goes, it's still going to be hot from the mid to late parts of the week. But I don't think the heat is going to be quite as extreme as it's been over the last several days. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. 
And just one issue to pass along to you right now in the 200 block of St. Thomas Street. There is a wire hazard being reported. That's in the St. Streets area of Lafayette. Again, St. Thomas Street, it's a wire hazard being reported. Other than that, the roads look good this morning. Let's try to keep it that way. If there's anything we need to know about, you can give us a call at 232-1542. That's 232-1542. Or call us from the KPL News app. Just click the phone in the upper right-hand corner or a direct line into the KPL studios. We're back with more after this. At all. Good morning. It is 613 now on Acadiana's Morning News and the hot button issue yesterday. People called us all day long about issues voting. There's a story that the Secretary of State is looking into some of those issues. However, it seems to come down to the fact that it was a closed primary and people were registered in a party different than they thought they were or not registered in an actual party at all. If you were registered independent or no party, you couldn't vote in the closed primary it's something we do in the state of Louisiana every four years, and uh, it's it's really unique um, in the sense that if you're not a habitual voter voting in every single race, then you may not have known that that was the case. Yesterday on Up Close with Bernadette Lee, Charlene Momenard, which is Lafayette Parish Registrar of Voters, and here's what she had to say on yesterday's Up Close about that investigation, what, what people are telling to her and what she thinks the issue may be. Here's this again from Up Close. Some folks are kind of fired up, a little upset this weekend because of the presidential preference primary and what it means. If you're registered one way, those are the candidates you're going to be voting for. If you're registered with the opposite party, you get to vote on those candidates. And for most of us, so we have an open primary system, right? So we deal with this for the presidential preference primary when it's a presidential election year. So we just kind of want to go over it just a bit. Lafayette Parish Registrar Voters, Charlene Momenard joining us. Hey, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day. We appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for asking. So tell us a little bit about this because, um, you know, most people, we don't think about it necessarily. Correct. What happens is once every four years, a presidential preference primary is held prior to the presidential election. That, that election is only <clears throat> for Democrats and Republicans only, where you choose a nominee from the Democratic Party and you choose a nominee from the Republican Party. So if you were affiliated with either party, you got to vote your party. But the issue happened this weekend is like people just forgot how they were registered yeah. okay. as one party but wanted to vote on the opposite party. Right. And unfortunately... You don't make the rules. You just enforce the stuff and do what you do, right? Right. Well, and it's a voter's responsibility to make sure they are an informed voter prior to voting. No changes can be made 30 days prior to any election. So we know that presidential is coming up in the fall, which you can cross party lines. doesn't matter what party affiliation you will be. We have a we will have a Scott District um, tax election. We will have the Lafayette City Marshall election, which is also a different district. And then in December, we're going to have the Republican State Central Committee. Only Republic, Republicans can vote on that issue. So if you'd like to vote on any of that, you have to go and make sure that you registered as such be, to be eligible for that category. 
You know, and most people don't think about it because often what may happen is they may not even vote in the presidential preference primary, so they forget about it. And maybe you've been registered as a Democrat for 18 years and you don't think about it. And then, But like you said, you can't change it that day. It's got to be 30 days out. Correct. And a voter fills out the application themselves. Right. We're not allowed to, to fill it out for them. We cannot choose a party for them. Um, the only time would be if the person is handicapped. Right. And with then, permission and get two witnesses. Right. So okay. They were just... A lot of the states were saying that, you know, we had changed the the party affiliations, which all the phone calls we had were just voters not realizing they were vote, registered to vote one party and not the other. Yeah. So all these years, all these years. Yeah. And it can happen and it can happen easily. Yes. Um, and so if you were a Democrat, you got your choice of the Democratic candidates, including the, you know, Democratic Parish Executive Committee. If you registered as a Republican, you got the Republican candidates for president and then the Republican Parish Executive uh, Committee candidates. And that's it. That's the way that it works for this presidential preference primary. Right. And it's, we've always had closed pr- presidential preference primaries. All other elections are usually open primaries where you didn't you don't have to have a party. Mm-hmm. You can cross party lines and it, it doesn't affect the way you vote. So just a good reminder for people. If they do want to go and look at their information, um, how do they do that? What's the easiest way? Would you recommend? You can go online at www.govote.com, G-E-A-U-X-V-O-T-E.com, and look to see how you're registered. If you're not happy, you can go online at that same website and change it. Okay. And we'll get it immediately. And so you get it immediately, so go and do it. Right now, you're thinking about it, and that way, um, in another four years, you won't have to worry about it. Um, But it's a good thing to keep in mind. All right, our Lafayette Parish Registrar Voters, Charlene Mominard, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Up close with Bernadette Lee this afternoon at 2 o'clock, exclusively on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Here for you in times of uncertainty. Tracking coronavirus, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Town Square Media Station. Team you can rely on even on the darkest days. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. We're working for you on air, behind the scenes every single day. We're following a potential hazmat situation on I-10 this morning. As you get out and hit the road, Bernie's got the information you need to know. Your radio home for news and information for more than 60 years. You know, it's everything I need in the morning. News Talk 96.5. KPL. 622 now at Newstock 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. It's Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. And Simon Owen joins us on the phone from London. Another country is getting in on the race to go to Mars. Good morning, Simon. What are we looking for today? Hey, good morning. Well, the latest news on this is that this launch planned for today has been postponed oh, for okay. bad weather. It's due to take off from uh, Japan. They are going to try again on Friday. I think this has been on the cards. They've had some rotten rains in Japan in the past couple of weeks. So uh, a postponement of a few days uh, initially. But the theory goes, if all this eventually takes off, then this is the start of a flurry of uh, activity on or around Mars. Three countries planning to launch missions in the next couple of weeks because of uh, a rare launch window. Mars is going to be unusually 
close to Earth in October. So by launching now, the journey is cut to about 300 million miles. It takes around seven months. And so China and the U.S. both have plans to send rovers to land on Mars in the next couple of weeks. But the first mission is this one from the United Arab Emirates, an orbiter. So if all goes well, uh, the plan is to study Mars' atmosphere. It is a big moment for the UAE, probably uh, not among the first countries you'd think of when it comes to space powers mm. and space exploration. You know, it, why is is Mars you know, s- such a feat? Is it just because maybe it's as close to Earth as we can get, not in proximity, but just in similarities? Is that the reason? Because... There are other planets, obviously, to explore. We've been out to Saturn's rings and everything else. But Mars seems to be, you know, that 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 winning prize that these countries are trying to go for. I mean, I think it's certainly uh, exerted a powerful hold for a long time on Earthlings' imagination. <laughs> but it has also proved to be a graveyard for numerous missions and now we're at the point where nasa is talking about getting astronauts on the moon in the 2030s well that is not that long uh, to get there and so this, these are missions that can build understanding before that happens and you know part of the the u.s mission that, that's going to be going up on on this occasion is there's a lot of science to be done but part of that is this rover's cameras are going to shoot color video of its descent onto the planet if all goes to plan they will have microphones capturing the sound of mm. mars you know there is this mystery and it is that planet as you say it has this place in the solar system where it can be reached potentially the nasa plan is to get astronauts to the moon by 2024 and then send them on from there to mars in the 2030s to use the moon as a kind of springboard so it is reachable in that sense potentially um in the next few years for the emiratis that is a country the uae is a country that is dependent on oil and gas and instead of being reliant on those fluorocarbons going forward the government says it wants to encourage particularly young people inspire young people to rather than maybe looking at finance or international relations when they go Mm -hmm. to college maybe they can look at the sciences instead so they hope that by starting this step and becoming uh, the beginnings of a space power with, with this first mission, uh, the Arab world's first mission to Mars, that they can uh, inspire some young people. It's also the UAE's 50th birthday next year, so the plan is seven-month journey. This thing will enter Mars's orbit in February next year, just as they celebrate that anniversary. Wow. Well, a lot of math goes into that, Simon. I am not qualified, <laughs> but I'm excited to, to watch other people take advantage of it, and it's, it's really great. Simon Owen joining us from London this morning. Thanks so much for the report. Thanks a lot. All right, 626 now at News Talk 96.5. KPL, very interesting. And, you know, Mars has just been that gold standard. I mean, it's been, you know, the U.S. has talked about it for years and years, and looks like maybe we're one step closer. Um, Tanya J. Powers um, is going to be talking to us here in just a few minutes. And Education Secretary Betsy DeVos still getting a ton of criticism over her thoughts about reopening schools. A ton of teachers unions have spoken out. We know even in our state we have heard the concerns about going back to full-time classes in the fall. Parents now trying to make plans for different contingencies. So we're going to talk to Tanya and see how all this shakes out coming up on Acadiana's Morning News. It's 626 now.
at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Back with more after this. Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Prestige Award winner because of you. Thanks for listening to News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL96.5.com. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. Following Governor Edwards' statewide mask mandate, Lafayette Police and Fire Departments continuing compliance checks on local businesses and issuing warnings to those not in compliance. The departments will continue to ensure masks are worn by employers and employees and now will ensure that businesses are requiring their patrons to wear masks as well. If a business is reported or found in violation for a second time, it will be referred to the state fire marshal's office and Louisiana Department of Health and could be issued a citation by Lafayette Police. Now, businesses who still remain non-compliant will be subject to additional enforcement steps, including shutting off power and whatever other measures are necessary to ensure compliance. Vice President Mike Pence visits Baton Rouge today. Kevin Barnhart has more. Governor Edwards says he and the VP will meet with education and health officials as well as members of Louisiana's congressional delegation concerning the state's response to the pandemic. I think there are a number of things happening all at one time that made Louisiana an obvious place to come. Number one is we're back to number three per capita in the country for COVID cases. Edwards and Pence will also take part in a roundtable discussion at Tiger Stadium with higher education leaders. What we're doing to safely resume, hopefully, on-campus, in-person instruction, on time. I'm Kevin Barnhart. The state reports just over 1,700 new COVID-19 cases, bringing that total to just shy of 80,000. The presumed recovered number, updated every Monday, is now at 46,334. Hospitalizations across the state increased to 1,308. Deep discussions about mask usage are expected out of today's meeting of the Bessie Board concerning the strategy behind a safe reopening of schools next month. Bessie President Sandy Holloway says it will be a formative meeting on recommendations issued to districts. We more than likely will have some deep discussions about the mask. And I know that's one area of concern. Transportation may be one of those. I'm not quite sure. Lawmakers tasked Bessie with the responsibility to establish minimum standards for students and teachers on school property during the special session. Holloway said that during a meeting of the House Education Committee, there will likely be a discussion of how to handle those who are not in mass compliance. There may be some discussions about the discipline policy, which I have a grave concern about. We needed to have compassion, thoughtfulness, and empathy as we walk through this. Holloway says they are abiding by the governor's recommendation and will expect districts to follow localized recommendations as well. If they are mandating the mask within our local district, then our school system follows that particular mandate. The Lake Charles region has fewer than two dozen ICU beds available, and that area has been slammed by rising COVID-19 cases. Region 5 Public Health Medical Director Lacey Cavanaugh says 67 of their 89 ICU beds are in use right now. Lake Charles, Jeff Davis, and Cameron Parish all have a COVID incidence rate of over 240 per 100,000, some of the highest in the state. Now making news around the country, President Trump says commuting the sentence of longtime supporter Roger Stone has won him, quote, rave reviews. Trump said that Stone's prosecution should never have taken place. A federal court convicted Stone of lying to Congress, witness tampering and obstruction. He was supposed to start serving his 40-month sentence this week. A Senate primary in Alabama today pits former Attorney General Jeff Sessions against ex-Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville. President Trump, who fired Sessions in 2018, has blocked Tuberville 
angry over the fact that Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation. The winner will face Democratic Senator Doug Jones in November. In Texas, Democrats will pick between M.J. Hager and State Senator Royce West. The winner there will go up against GOP Senator John Cornyn. A new tell-all book by President Trump's niece is on shelves officially today. Members of the Trump family tried to stop today's release, claiming that Mary Trump was bound by a confidentiality agreement. Those efforts ended yesterday when a judge lifted a gag order. In the book titled, Too Much is Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man, Trump portrays the president as a habitual liar and cheat, immensely damaged by his upbringing and his parents. The clinical psychologist uh, goes so far as to label him as a high-functioning sociopath. And fans and drivers will get the green light tomorrow night for the NASCAR All-Star Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Up to 30,000 fans will be allowed, which would make it the largest live audience for any sporting event since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. The winner will receive a $1 million prize. Danny Hamlin, who has won four races this year and America's night race last year at the Tennessee track, is one of the favorites to win this week. Now turning to weather, where a heat advisory is expected this afternoon. Heat index 107 to 112. Daniel? The intense heat is going to continue across Acadiana for yet another day. We're up to about 94 degrees in the afternoon. The heat index, though, is going to be sitting somewhere around 107 to 112. Heat advisory remains in effect for yet another day. Lows tonight drop down to around 79 degrees and a 20% chance for a quick passing shower later this afternoon. We'll be up at about 30% rain chances for tomorrow. We'll see temperatures start to return more to normal towards the end of the week. Maybe some scattered showers arriving by Thursday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, 80 degrees. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. We do have a wire hazard in the 200 block of St. Thomas. Make sure you're buckling up out there, please. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. As the governor and mayors across the state implement more and more mask mandates, the question is... Are they constitutional? No, those laws are not constitutional. How would you feel about being forced to publicly disclose your medical history or your mental health condition or have to explain your religious beliefs to the practices of a business where you buy your groceries or medicines as a precondition to them allowing you to remain in the store without wearing a mask in the first place? Look, if government can't do this legally, the real question going forward, should they be doing it at all? And since they are doing it, Who's going to stop them? American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Park on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. All right, 639 now at News Talk 96.5 KPEL. As we see another uptick in cases from coronavirus, a lot of news from school districts yesterday over in California. Their two largest school districts said they're not going back at all in the fall. It will be online in the fall. We have some other places, even in our state, St. Tammany Parish, delayed the start of school for their students. And uh, Tanya J. Powers joins us on the phone. At the center of a lot of these conversations, um, especially on the federal level, stands Betsy DeVos, the education secretary, who 
continues to be dragged for some of the things that she says and the way they are, you know, presented. And and then this is nothing new. This was happening before the coronavirus happened, but it doesn't seem like she could say anything right. Uh, One of the criticisms, I wouldn't trust you to care for my house plant um, from some Democrats. So where are we? And and does it really matter? So many of these decisions are, are playing out on the local level. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning. Um, yeah, the, the the criticism that you're talking about is from Ayanna Presley, who's the representative from Massachusetts and who is a Democrat. And she said regarding the interview that Betsy DeVos did on CNN's uh, State of the Union on Sunday morning, one of their Sunday Sunday shows, uh, she said she said I wouldn't trust you to care for a houseplant, let alone my child. And she quote tweeted this was on Twitter that she put that she quote tweeted the uh, link to the interview that she was talking about, which goes on for about 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. And in it, um, Dana Bash is asking uh, the education secretary about the plan to get kids back in school, because basically the thing that we keep hearing uh, from the president, as well as the education secretary, is kids need to be back in school full time in the fall in person. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like that. That's the the thing that they would like to see happen. And the thing that she's gotten a lot of questions about was, how is this exactly going to happen? What criteria are you going by the CDC's criteria as to whether or not you should shut a school down or a district down? Or, you know, what is what is what are some of the granular details on how this is going to work? And the answer that Dana Bash kind of kept getting was, we really want full-time learning to happen in person in the fall, which is not really a detail. Which isn't the answer. <laughs> we, we've no, covered that. <laughs> we've covered that already. So that's why it, it sort of got contentious there for, for a little bit because she was kind of trying to drill down on what is the federal government's stance. Do Are you going to say go by what the CDC's you know, direction is or do you have a different plan? And it was the lack of detail on those plans that I think a lot of people are reacting to, which is why you've got the house plant uh, yeah. line there from Ayanna Presley. Well, you know, Tanya, you've you've seen this, you know, and, and how these things work. The, even in our area, in many areas, the school system is one of the largest employers. And so that is the one aspect where I can actually see a good argument is how do you protect the people that work there? Because, yes, the mission is to educate kids. Like, that's the overarching mission. But there are also mm-hmm. employment laws to make sure that you keep your employees safe. Yeah, and that is a huge deal. Um, you have teachers that would be potentially at risk because the argument that people keep, some people keep making is, well, kids don't get COVID-19 the way other age groups do. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, no, we haven't seen, you know, that particular, you know, thing happen. We have seen the, that uh, the pediatric illness that is kind of COVID adjacent to to it uh, which is also pretty scary um that we've had dozens of cases up here in new york just for an example this is not the only place that they've happened um but there's that plus the fact that you know if a child is an asymptomatic carrier and i mean but when i say child i mean anybody under 18 because you know um they're all in they're, they're in school uh, you know in several different ages if one is an asymptomatic carrier you're putting your possibly putting your teachers at risk your parents um, if they're, you know, going to stay with grandma after school because mom and dad have gone back to work because mm-hmm. the kids are back in school. Yep. Now you've got, you know, there is a potential for that. So, you know, I think the, the big questions from parents, rightfully so, are how are you safely going to do this where mm-hmm. this doesn't become a super spreader event 
somehow in your community? And is there a framework for online learning if you have to switch back to that? That's there. Yeah. And Tanya, you're a mom. And I mean, let's face it. Um, kids are adorable, but they are also little Petri dishes. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here. You have not. You've not. You've just not lived until you've uh, until you've caught a stomach virus that your kid <laughs> caught from somebody else in school. And so, you know. Yes, and, and listen, absolutely. Tanya. I will say this. I eat my words now, but I have said to Bernie for years. Like everyone needs like a once a year stomach virus. It kickstarts every you know viable <laughs> diet plan. It gets about seventeen pounds off right off the bat. It motivates you. <laughs> Now I'm like, no, we don't need, don't say the word virus around me again. Tanya J. Powers, we have to leave it there for time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, I would, I would let her care for my houseplants. She probably would do it better than me. Tanya, yeah, we know. You know, she's a nice lady. I know she's in New York, but you know, Uh sure she She likes the South though, so it's good. All right. You know, but if you're going to report most of the time, they make the Fox people live up there in the New York City. That's that's where you got to be. Yeah. Where you got to be. All right. 645 now at News Talk 96.5. KPL, Bernie's in the chair. Good morning to you, ma'am. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Rob? Okay, so I love this. You're wearing this headband, okay? Yeah. And by the way, I'm colorblind. I'm going to have to dig in a drawer Is that a different one than yesterday? Yeah, this one's a little bit different. This one's green. See, not all husbands are just not attentive. Uh They just can't see See the color. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I like that whenever you come in, it's standing upright. Yeah, I have and to then do like that. by the time oh, you know around yeah. noon comes down, they're both it's laying all down. Squished. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. all right, we have the topic train coming up. Woo woo. Wanna go ahead and do that? Chicka 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 Sure. Let's take a break here. Okay, we'll come we back. Take a break. The topic train. After hey, tomorrow Kitten? is tax day, by the way. So Yeah, why'd you have to depress people? Don't forget Just about kidding. Well, I don't want people to forget about Broussard Poche LLP. I understand. Certified that is an excellent public point. Accountants. All right. Yes. Um, quick break here. We're back yes. with more Acadiana's morning news after Kim Command. Here's another outrageous example of why Facebook management is totally out to lunch as its advertiser boycott grows worse. Your Tuesday consumer tech update is brought to you by Honey the free online tool that automatically finds and applies promo codes to your cart. Visit joinhoney.com slash Kim. It took Facebook's inept management one month to even begin removing accounts tied to the dangerous Boogaloo extremist movement. And that's after the U.S. government charged a member of the movement with using Facebook to plan and coordinate the murder of an innocent federal security guard at the Oakland Federal Courthouse and the attempted murder of another guard. One full month. While no one in the mainstream media is yet calling for this, nothing at Facebook will improve until its highest level management is removed and replaced with decent people who have a sense of responsibility to the nation and the world. The place to begin is at the top. Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg. I'm Kim Commando. With so many of us working from home or helping our kids with homework, I want to make sure you have the right printer that's up for the task. The Epson EcoTank makes it easy. This printer has super-sized, easy-to-fill ink tanks and comes with a ridiculous amount of ink, enough to print thousands of pages. No more rushing to the store or waiting for your online order to arrive to replace an ink cartridge in between print jobs. So kiss expensive ink cartridges goodbye because the Epson EcoTank printer is truly changing the way that people print. Go ahead and Print all your work reports, task lists, and your kids' homework assignments in color, too. Printing quality is excellent. The Epson EcoTank makes it easy. Add it to your online shopping list so you can just fill and chill. The Epson EcoTank, available at Amazon, Dell, Micro Center, and at Epson.com slash EcoTankChem. 
Epson.com slash Ecotank Kim. That's Epson.com slash Ecotank Kim. The KPL Topic Train is running right on time. Driven by Bruce Hart Poche, LLP, certified public accountants. All right, so we've <laughs> renamed the morning show. The Staying Alive oh, theme gosh. is for Rob. All right, the new name of Acadiana's morning news is Bernie. And the wheels. Mornings with wheels and Bernie. <laughs> How's it going, wheels? I'm it sounds okay. like yesterday was a really marathon long day for a Monday. You know, which Mondays are for everybody. When you have three full time jobs, yeah. And so you have to have your actual job, yeah, and then yeah. you have to be a husband, yeah. and you have to be a dad. Right, right. Some days, especially Mondays, uh huh. I mean, like, I'm sorry for my okay. kids. I, you know, I, I was I, not in the best mood yesterday. And let me just I tell you, I felt bad for you because you had so much going on yesterday. It was exacerbated. Uh-huh. Okay, let's Bye. go ahead and start with a big word. Ooh, uh, big word on a Tuesday. Tuesday, baby. Um, <laughs> how about this? Uh-huh. Um, I had I was really at my limit, but I was really trying to be cool. Yeah, and I also do have an excuse, like to sit down because I have the leg yeah. situation. And so, um, anyway, but let me tell you, I came rolling out last night, rolling, rolling, maybe rolling. fifteen minutes before the kids went to sleep. Uh huh. And they were having, they were eating dinner, okay? Yeah, uh-huh. And they both had ketchup. Okay. On their backs, smeared. So what? I knew it was them doing it to each other. Oh, no. You want to talk about handlebars that I have here? I almost <laughs> flew off the handlebars. I yeah, I literally had to excuse myself uh-huh. and say, Sarah, uh-huh. I'm not addressing this. Uh-huh. Because... Uh-huh. Yeah. I might throw the scooter, you know, like, and I needed to walk. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I'm all right today. I'm going to, I'm really going to do this today. I told myself I have to be out of this building by one. Okay. Like I just told, I have I, to, I'm Okay with it. you know, I, I just have to. Well, so anyway. I've already decided I'm taking a nap at nine. Well, that's so good. <laughs> it's going to work well for us today. I um, think. Hey, in your topic train this morning, yes. some big news from ABC. Did What's you see yesterday? I did not. What they am, fired Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews from Dancing with the Stars. Tom Bergeron has been there for 15 years, 28 seasons. Um, Aaron Andrews, she's been there since 2014. So why'd they fire him? Um, I don't know. I, at first when I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh. Um, so I just, like, okay, bye. I, 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 I just thought maybe the show was going to be gone. Right. But no, the network, the network renewed the show. It's coming back in the fall. Now we don't know who it's going to be. Wow. So I, I guess that you, you oh, mark my words, boo. Somebody much more handsome than Tom Bergeron and somebody way younger than Aaron Andrews. <laughs> Come on, bro. That's how it works in our world. Well, Let's be honest. We'll see. So there, there are a lot I of mean, people that think- I know you only hired me because I'm so fine looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bernie. The, the people before me did that. I inherited you. <laughs> Great, Rob. Great way to really build the self-esteem this morning. <laughs> I kept you, though. <laughs> um, so I don't know what's going to happen. Like that boat anchor that he loves at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> okay, there are some people who think it's going to be Sean Spicer. Oh, it very he well was, could be. Because he was on Dancing with yeah, the Stars. Yeah. Well, I don't know that Sean Spicer, not that you need, like, depth. But like no. you need someone who like you need someone with stamina to actually care. I Let think, me tell you. I don't know. He may be like that might be a hit. You may never know because it's yeah. strange. Dancing with the Stars gets played in my house. Like yeah. it's on. We don't like sit down and watch right. it. It's usually just on while we're kind of doing dinner and homework and that sort yeah. of thing. But, you know, any kind of moves like that, we got to tell you about it. 
Um, That's hilarious, though. So the Washington Redskins made the announcement yesterday once yeah. we got done on our show that they're changing their name. However, that name is not being announced at this time because they're still working through some trademark issues. Yep, that's a problem. Um, the Redskins, by the way, have used the name even since before they were in Washington. It goes back to the time when it was the Boston Redskins. Gotcha. Um, okay. Here are the most and least stressed cities. Okay? All right. Because, you know, in Lafayette, we, we, we wear it on our on our sleeves that we're the happiest city. Right. You give that to us one time, 25 years from now, we're still going to well, be saying I mean, we're the happiest face it. city. We have nice people. We have sweet people. Mm-hmm. And the food is delicious. So we have the best music in boiled the world. Boiled crawfish. And boiled crawfish. I mean, come on, dude. Of course we're happy. So who's less stressed? Who so, are these people? Of course it shouldn't Allegedly. surprise you. In the least stressed cities, Yes, it's like smaller cities. Okay. Um, Lincoln, Nebraska, Boise, uh, Idaho, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Fargo, yeah. North Dakota, and mm-hmm. Overland Park, Kansas. Oh. The most stressed cities, Cleveland, uh-huh. Ohio, Detroit, Birmingham, Gulfport, Mississippi, oh. and Newark, New Jersey. Mm. See, the problem with Newark, though, of course you're going to be stressed because a lot of people think you're just mispronouncing New York. Right. But it's really Newark. Ah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm with um, you. Also known as the home of the cheaper place to fly into New York with the longest drive to the city. But, you know, why not be? At least you get to see some stuff, you know. Why not be depressed or uh, stressed, I guess. And depressed. Depressed, you're probably depressed. 42 different factors, including job security, unemployment, and average income. Nice. figured in. All right. 653 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Quick break here, and we march on with Acadiana's Morning News. Coming up, Trooper Thomas Gossett. Wheels and burn. Um. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. The rising crime wave in New York City. Talk about it all the time. Shootings up 200% over last year. All sorts of violence and mayhem being unleashed. Now, the mayor... The idiot Bill de Blasio says people's pent-up frustration of being cooped up inside because of the virus. He says that's the reason for skyrocketing crime. He says the $1 billion cut in the police budget, that's got nothing to do with it. Dismantling the anti-crime task force, the plainclothes unit, that's got nothing to do with it either. And, of course, neither does his release of over 2,000 hardened criminals from Rikers Island. And now another genius... New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has put her two cents in. She agrees the massive police budget cuts are not related to the crime wave because she wants the police defunded. She says rising crimes caused by people who are scared to pay their rent. They go out, they shoplift a loaf of bread to feed their hungry kids. Well, how does that account for the 200% increase in shootings? Meanwhile, on the other coast, California Democrats are about to release... 8,000 criminals from jails and prisons to stop the virus from spreading, supposedly. (laughs) Liberal Democrats, they defund the police the same time they release criminals from jail. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? My friends, we're all living through tough times in our nation, but my good friends at Mahindra have shared with me that their customers are finding comfort in working their land. Mahindra owners are also using their tractors to help family members and to help out their neighbors. And your Mahindra dealers are there for you, too, right in your community. If you need a tractor to work through these tough times, visit whymahindra.com. Just build your own tractor, and your local Mahindra dealer will give you a custom quote. 
I mean, they'll even deliver directly to your property. Right now, during Mahindra's summer sales event, you'll also get special savings on Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. So visit whymahindra.com now and bless all of us as we get through these tough times together. Take advantage of rock bottom prices and test drive a Mahindra today at Longlane Tractor in Abbeville or visit longlanetractor.com. That's longlanetractor.com. We're working for you around the clock to keep you informed. We are a KDMS home for news and talk. KPEL FM Brokerage Lafayette. Going backwards. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, bars, restaurants, theaters, zoos, museums, all closed back down in California. This virus is not going away anytime soon. Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom after a 48% surge in corona cases the last two weeks. L.A. school district will hold classes online in the fall until the virus is under control. They join other districts, including Nashville, Atlanta, and San Diego. But over in Orange County, California, the school board has voted to open schools to students in the fall without masks or social distancing. Fox's Jackie Abanez. The man heads over in Washington State, a suspected cop killer arrested, found hiding on a rooftop the morning after an officer in Botha was found dead. After a traffic stop, a second officer shot and wounded. Roger Stone says President Trump saved his life commuting his sentence, telling Fox's Hannity. There was no circumstance under which I would bear false witness against the president. I, I, was, I was just not willing to lie. Stone was convicted of lying to Congress, obstruction and other charges in the Russia probe that he called the dud. Democrats are angry the president spared Stone. In Speaker Pelosi, you'll recall, over the weekend has called for legislation limiting the president's power to grant pardons and commutations. No indication on timing when that might happen. Fox's Griff Dinkins. The polls now opening in Alabama, where Jeff Sessions is trying to win back the Senate seat he gave up to become Attorney General. Fox's Evan Brown has this live. Yeah, Dave, that time Jeff Sessions spent as President Trump's first attorney general didn't go so well for either the president or for Sessions. Now, the president didn't like it when Sessions recused himself from overseeing the investigation into Russian election meddling. The president even said so during a conference call Monday night with Republican Tommy Tuberville, the former Auburn football coach to whom the president gives his ringing endorsement. Either Tuberville or Sessions will challenge Democrat Senator Doug Jones in November, Dave. Evan Paul's also open in Maine with socially distanced ballot boxes for mask-wearing voters, picking a Democrat to challenge Republican Senator Susan Collins. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. 
He reportedly hasn't briefed President Trump in weeks. And there's a lot of talk the White House is distancing itself from Dr. Anthony Fauci. President Trump countering claims that his administration is behind an effort to undercut Dr. Anthony Fauci, a member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Well, I have a very good relationship with Dr. Fauci. I've had for a long time, right from the beginning. I find him to be a very nice person. I don't always agree with him. The White House over the weekend provided a document to several media outlets that contains a list of incorrect comments made by Dr. Fauci about COVID-19 in an effort to damage his reputation. And Peter Navarro, the president's trade advisor, in a statement writing, Dr. Fauci has a good bedside manner with the public, but he has been wrong about everything I have ever interacted with him on. In Washington, John Decker, Fox News. In this corona crisis, one thing being done is contact tracing to help track people down. An infected person is interacted with. In Michigan, a party was found to be a hot spot. This party outside of Ann Arbor was held on July 2nd and 3rd. And since then, contact tracers have identified what they call exposed close contacts, which included people who had close face-to-face conversations for up to 15 minutes or more with someone infected with coronavirus. Tracers say that happened some 66 times, and now 43 coronavirus cases are linked to this one party. Local health officials say most of those infected are between the ages of 15 and 25. Michigan's Governor Gretchen Whitmer has imposed a mandatory mask mandate in the state with a penalty of up to a $500 fine. John Saucier, Fox News. The Supreme Court early this morning overruled decisions that had blocked the first executions of federal prisoners in 17 years. Daniel Lewis Lee was supposed to die yesterday afternoon. Then the lethal injection was reportedly rescheduled after that ruling for early this morning. No word if it's been carried out. On Wall Street, Dow futures are higher more than 100 points for the Dow. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. New this morning, Lafayette police are investigating an incident in which one of their own police cruisers was struck by gunfire. The incident happened on Sunday night as officers were responding to a call around midnight at a Mud Avenue business in the city. According to reports, several people had gathered at the location and officers were called to clear the group from the scene. During all that, the reports of a single gunshot fired. That shot, fired by an unknown individual at the time, struck the police cruiser at the tire. You can read more about that story on our website. State Education Superintendent Kate Brumley tells the House Education Committee that reopening schools next month during a pandemic will be a monumental task. But they provided local school systems with guidance on how it can be done. Brumley says it all starts with good hygiene. He says one positive coronavirus case will not shut down a school, but several cases could lead to a temporary closure. Rumley also says they're recommending face masks for students in grades 3 through 12. Bessie is meeting this morning to discuss whether that is going to be a mandate or just a recommendation for districts. A decision will be made at this morning's meeting as to whether or not masks will be mandated. Louisiana is reporting 78,000 coronavirus cases. The state has 4.6 million people which means about 2% of the state's residents have tested positive. Find those numbers as well on our website. And a reminder, state and federal personal partnership and corporate income tax returns are due tomorrow. The original dates were in April and May, but Louisiana Revenue Secretary Kimberly Robinson says the pandemic inspired the state and federal government to push it back two to three months. Robinson says they have a fair number of returns that have not been filed yet and that many people took advantage of the extended deadline with good reason. Again, that is tomorrow. 
It's questionable whether high school football will be played this fall after an announcement by the LHSAA. Jeff Palermo has the story. One state lawmaker suggested fall high school sports should be canceled, but LHSAA Executive Director Eddie Bonine told the House Education Committee they never considered it. At no time had there been any conversation or any type of releases from my office to, through our committee that we were going to cancel any any fall sports. But Bonine says the LHSAA will not allow high school football games until the state is in phase four. Currently, the state is in phase two, and to steal a line from football, it's third and long on achieving phase four. I'm Jeff Palermo. A body found in California's Lake Piru has been identified as missing Glee star Naya Rivera. On Monday afternoon, Ventura County authorities said the body's appearance, clothing, and location leads them to believe they found the remains of the 33-year-old actress and singer. She hadn't been seen since going on an outing with her young son almost a week ago. The four-year-old boy was found alone and asleep on a rented boat and told authorities his mother vanished underwater. An autopsy will be done to find out the exact cause of death. Lawyers for Jeffrey Epstein's longtime associate, G. Lane Maxwell, are expected to argue their client be released on $5 million bond during a hearing today in New York. The 58-year-old denies accusations that she recruited young girls for Epstein to sexually abuse them in the 1990s and that she's being used as a scapegoat due to her relationship with him. The British socialite was arrested earlier this month in New Hampshire. She's being held in Brooklyn. Prosecutors argue she's a wealthy flight risk who tried to go undetected from authorities in New Hampshire by wrapping her cell phone in tinfoil. The mayor of Florida's hard-hit Miami-Dade County says he does not want to put more restrictions on restaurants as coronavirus cases continue to spike. Mayor Carlos Jimenez said on Monday he wants to see if his ban on indoor dining, a 10 p.m. curfew, and a countywide mask order can stabilize the rising infection numbers before forcing more businesses to close. Delta Airlines says three passengers have tested positive for coronavirus after a recent regional flight. The flight through subsidiary Endeavor Air flew from Atlanta to Albany, New York on July 6th. Now, all passengers who were on the flight were asked to call their local health departments. The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon returned to its modified studio 6A in Rockefeller Center to tape last night's episode of the NBC Late Night Show. Fallon is the first late night host to return to the studio. His first guest last night was New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. And finally, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is appealing a federal judge's order to shut down the Dakota Access Pipeline. Attorneys for the Corps filed a notice of appeal Monday, a week after a judge ruled the Corps failed to provide an adequate environmental impact statement when building that pipeline. The heat is back. It's got to be 94 degrees today. Daniel Phillips has your forecast. This mini midsummer heat wave continues again today. We've got another round of pretty intense heat out there. Highs are going to get up to about 94 in the afternoon. That heat index going to push anywhere from about 107 to 112 by the end of the day today. So the heat advisory is going to be staying up across Acadiana for at least another day. A 20% chance for a quick passing shower later in the afternoon. Otherwise, most of us going to be staying dry and overnight lows going to drop down to around 79. Rain chances are up to about 30% for tomorrow. And in fact, I think a little more moisture on the way means we could see some scattered showers as early as Thursday. As far as the heat goes, it's still going to be hot from the mid to late parts of the week. But I don't think the heat is going to be quite as extreme as it's been over the last several days. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL.
Get the best sleep of your life. Helix makes personalized mattresses to fit your unique body type and sleep preferences. Go to helixsleep.com and get up to $200 off mattress orders. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? What's so proudly we had at the twilight's last gleaming? Who's brought stripes and Seven fifteen now on News Talk ninety six five KPL. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News on a Tuesday morning, and that means Trooper Thomas Gossin is on the phone with us. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. I heard y'all weren't running the air conditioner because of the uh, coronavirus. Is that correct? Mm, yeah, yeah. Other, Rob said we couldn't. Other reasons. Uh, you know what? We're just trying to save a few nickels, so we got that turned <laughs> all the way up to eighty seven. You do know, what you got to do. We don't want to be spread around. But hey, but we are wearing our masks, okay? So don't don't you let you anybody go. tell us anything different. Tell you anything different. So, um awesome. The it, it seems so crazy because with everything else going on, there are a lot of things that are still in place that have not changed, okay? And um mm-hmm. and one of those things is seatbelts and um enforcement of them, and that's something that Louisiana State Police is really still focused on. You know, there's there's a, a campaign going on right now as well that, you know, the highway safety program, Destination Zero Deaths, uh, we bring awareness to different things. And one of these things is actually uh, roadway departure crashes. In other words, you're driving down the roadway and a single vehicle, not at an intersection, just goes off the roadway. Mm-hmm. You know, so 50% of the fatal crashes that we've had here in Acadiana have been that, basically. A single vehicle that's left the road hit a fixed object, um, and it didn't happen at an intersection. It just happened on a straight roadway or a curve. So I bring that up to say that, you know, the problem is that we're having is that seatbelt usage is still an issue or lack thereof. Because, believe it or not, the, the, the percentages show that men, you know, 51% of men killed in crashes were not buckled up, compared to 39% of women who were not buckled up. So... Guys have a, just a, a they, 
for whatever reason, they don't like to wear their seatbelt and they think they don't need it. Um, I've seen people make sure their kids are buckled up, but yet they don't buckle mm-hmm. up themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and you kind of, and, and it actually seems to be higher percentages in, in a pickup truck for whatever reason, you know? So we're just trying to get the message out there. Look, you know, we're still having these issues, you know, just because your car has, or a truck has an airbag doesn't mean that you don't need the seatbelt. That's not true. It works in conjunction with the seatbelt, with the airbag together, working together. Um, so we, we're trying to change that, 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 that mindset of thinking that one, one scary stat was that, you know, the driver is three times more likely to die if the person sitting behind them does not have a seatbelt on. And that's a stat that people don't really think about. You, you worry about you and I'm going to put mine on, but you don't worry about the other person. Mm-hmm. They become the projectile in that car. So you as a parent who makes sure your child is safe, you don't wear it. You become the projectile that's going to strike your child in a rollover crash or a violent crash. Because remember, if you're hit from the side, you're going to fly towards that side you're hit on. So you you move towards the point of impact in a crash. And when you're talking about forces, again, I know I've talked about this before, but it, it's such a, an important topic that your weight times the speed of the vehicle Time those two numbers together, that's how hard you go. 100 pounds, 50 miles an hour, 5,000 pounds of force. Hmm. It, the, the, the forces are just so great. It's not something that you can just, you know, stick your arm out like the Heisman Trophy stance, you know, and hold yourself back. It's not going to happen. So we're just trying to raise awareness of this, uh, you know, try to get people to understand that this is an important, important topic. You know? Well, yeah, I mean. One and- of the steps that they show. Yeah. Go ahead, Rob. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, it's like the newer vehicles have the chime where, you know, in theory, you're not wearing your seatbelt. So you're just that incessant ding mm-hmm. is, is what makes you want to do it. But I know there are some older vehicles that don't have it and also some people who have found ways to disable that. And, you know, the, the chime's there for a reason. It's a habit thing. And I think that it's just as strong of a habit for someone to wear it as to not wear it. Yeah. I can tell you so many people I know who... You know, until recently, I mean, would say they wouldn't wear a seatbelt to cross the causeway over in New Orleans because if they went off the bridge, then how would they get out? I, I would say, you, right. hold up, you're not worried about the impact of hitting the water? <laughs> FYI, that's like a brick wall. And if you're not wearing a seatbelt, you're, you're totally probably going to be injured. You're totally correct. You know, we ask that question to kids that come to our sudden impact program. Where if, if, if are you safer or not to wear your seatbelt if you're going you know if your car crashes in a body of water true or false you know is it safer to wear a seatbelt or not whatever and 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 you'd be so surprised how many kids get that wrong I mean like most of them majority probably eighty percent of them think oh I better not have it on because it's going to get stuck well that's a Hollywood thing it doesn't get stuck just because it gets wet mm-hmm. you know you're more likely going to be knocked out or unconscious or or drown because you're you're, you're impacted the windshield or the window and knocked out or, or, or worst case killed, you know? So that is not true. You're right. You need to wear that seatbelt to survive the crash itself. Not necessarily the, it, it, it survived the impact into the water that, that'll, that causes most, most harm and danger. So again, you know, these things are, are, are common, common, unfortunately troopers out there in the roadway drive up to a simple, simple, crash with minor injury damage and there's major injury because of no seatbelt usage. So I think it's an important topic to, to constantly, constantly bring up because it's constantly happening. Well, you guys, you know, have so many different initiatives that all sort of, you know, tie in together in a way, because 
because it's all part of just driving safely. Lane departure is something else that you guys have also been talking about. Correct. Like you said, it, you know, it's as simple as, as a, a single vehicle going off the roadway um, causing these crashes. And again, you know, there are other factors involved with that. A, a lot of it has to do with maybe um, falling asleep. Some of it has to do with impaired driving, being under the influence of alcohol and drugs. Uh, it, it's also distracted driving, taking your eyes off of that roadway and you're veering off. You know, you know, when you're taught how to drive a motorcycle, if you've ever taken a motorcycle course, they teach you in a curve, you look, you don't look at your front wheel or a few feet in front of your front wheel. You look, you know, several 50, 25, 50 yards out to the side of wherever you're turning. So the point there is that you, you turn, you go where your head is going, where you're looking. So, if you're looking down at the phone or looking down to your left or, like you said earlier, Rob, reaching around the seat to grab something that you reach, we have all done that. We've all reached over and tried to grab something, and you turning the wheel off the roadway. So that that would be a, a roadway departure type situation. Now, there there has been things done to prevent these things and to make it safer. We all know about the rumble strips on the roadway. You know, you hit those things mm-hmm. and you know, your car starts shuddering. But that's, that was the design for this reason right here is to prevent those roadway departures. So things have been taking place. They put them in the centers on the center line. They also put them in the, on the fog line to keep people aware of, of the lane departure. So, you know, it, it, it's just, again, we got to raise awareness of these things because it's things that we take for granted because we're in the car and it, you know, we make the work every day, except that one day you don't because something, something terrible that happened. Yeah. So we're trying to prevent that terrible situation what other things are you seeing right now um i mean we had we talked around some of the holiday weekends and the number of of fatal crashes that have happened are those still you know kind of happening at uh at a uptick a higher rate unfortunately yeah we're still seeing an uptick in the amount of fatalities we're having statewide uh i know here in 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 acadian area our troop i area uh same point last year we're about two or three ahead of what we were last year mm. uh, you know and and which doesn't sound like a lot but when you think about the three months where we were not a whole lot of we were kind of restricted in travel or more or less you know people weren't on the roadway as much as they were we still had an uptick at that point so it's still happening uh again that's where the importance of seatbelt usage comes into and also impaired and distracted driving i mean they're they all three go hand in hand in causing this issue so, you know, have a plan, plan ahead, you know, especially in, in the holiday time and things like that. So um, just be smart about it. You know, if people would use common sense and, and really think about the, the, the next hour, two, three, four, you know, how I got, I got a plan on how to get there, but how to get back. Yep. And that, that's what we want people to do. Big part of it. Trooper Thomas Gosson from Louisiana State Police. Um, thanks so much for your time. Uh, make sure you buckle up out there um, and pay attention to where you're driving. Be defensive when you drive to, you know, just make sure we don't have any of these unnecessarily crash and deaths. And, you know, it's a hard thing for law enforcement to do to have to go to your family and say, mm-hmm. hey, this happened and they weren't wearing a seatbelt or, hey, this happened and it was because they were on the phone. Um, that's a hard thing right. to do. Thanks, Troop. Totally preventable. Thank you. All right. 725 now at Newstalk 96.5. KPL, quick break here. And news is coming up at the bottom of the hour. Stay with us. Phone lines are open. Call the show at 232-1542. 232-1542. Then listen live anytime with the free KPL News app. 
Free in the App Store or Google Play. News Talk 96.5 Cato. Depend on it. Um. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL965.com. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. Following Governor Edwards' statewide mask mandate, Lafayette Police and Fire Departments continuing compliance checks on local businesses and issuing warnings to those not in compliance. The departments will continue to ensure masks are worn by employers and employees, and now will ensure that businesses are requiring their patrons to wear masks as well. If a business is reported or found in violation for a second time, it will be referred to the state fire marshal's office and Louisiana Department of Health and could be issued a citation by Lafayette Police. Now, businesses who still remain noncompliant will be subject to additional enforcement steps, including shutting off power and whatever other measures are necessary to ensure compliance. Vice President Mike Pence visits Baton Rouge today. Kevin Barnhart has more. Governor Edwards says he and the VP will meet with education and health officials as well as members of Louisiana's congressional delegation concerning the state's response to the pandemic. I think there are a number of things happening all at one time that made Louisiana an obvious place to come. Number one is we're back to number three per capita in the country for COVID cases. Edwards and Pence will also take part in a roundtable discussion at Tiger Stadium with higher education leaders. What we're doing to safely resume, hopefully, on-campus, in-person instruction, on time. I'm Kevin Barnhart. The state reports just over 1,700 new COVID-19 cases, bringing that total to just shy of 80,000. The presumed recovered number, updated every Monday, is now at 46,334. Hospitalizations across the state increased to 1,308. Deep discussions about mask usage are expected out of today's meeting of the Bessie Board concerning the strategy behind a safe reopening of schools next month. Bessie President Sandy Holloway says it will be a formative meeting on recommendations issued to districts. We more than likely will have some deep discussions about the mask. And I know that's one area of concern. Transportation may be one of those. I'm not quite sure. Lawmakers tasked Bessie with the responsibility to establish minimum standards for students and teachers on school property during the special session. Holloway said that during a meeting of the House Education Committee, there will likely be a discussion of how to handle those who are not in mass compliance. There may be some discussions about the discipline policy, which I have a grave concern about. We needed to have compassion, thoughtfulness, and empathy as we walk through this. Holloway says they are abiding by the governor's recommendation and will expect districts to follow localized recommendations as well. If they are mandating the mask within our local district, then our school system follows that particular mandate. The Lake Charles region has fewer than two dozen ICU beds available, and that area has been slammed by rising COVID-19 cases. Region 5 Public Health Medical Director Lacey Cavanaugh says 67 of their 89 ICU beds are in use right now. Lake Charles, Jeff Davis, and Cameron Parish all have a COVID incidence rate of over 240 per 100,000, some of the highest in the state. Now making news around the country, President Trump says commuting the sentence of longtime supporter Roger Stone has won him, quote, rave reviews. Trump said that Stone's prosecution should never have taken place. A federal court convicted Stone of lying to Congress, witness tampering and obstruction. He was supposed to start serving his 40-month sentence this week. A Senate primary in Alabama today pits former Attorney General Jeff Sessions against ex-Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville. President Trump, who fired Sessions in 2018, has blocked Tuberville, angry over the fact that Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation. The winner will face Democratic Senator Doug Jones in November. 
In Texas, Democrats will pick between M.J. Hager and State Senator Royce West. The winner there will go up against GOP Senator John Cornyn. A new tell-all book by President Trump's niece is on shelves officially today. Members of the Trump family tried to stop today's release, claiming that Mary Trump was bound by a confidentiality agreement. Those efforts ended yesterday when a judge lifted a gag order. In the book titled, Too Much is Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man, Trump portrays the president as a habitual liar and cheat, immensely damaged by his upbringing and his parents. The clinical psychologist uh, goes so far as to label him as a high-functioning sociopath. And fans and drivers will get the green light tomorrow night for the NASCAR All-Star Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Up to 30,000 fans will be allowed, which would make it the largest live audience for any sporting event since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. The winner will receive a $1 million prize. Danny Hamlin, who has won four races this year and America's night race last year at the Tennessee track, is one of the favorites to win this week. Now turning to weather, where a heat advisory is expected this afternoon. Heat index 107 to 112. Daniel? The intense heat is going to continue across Acadiana for yet another day. We're up to about 94 degrees in the afternoon. The heat index, though, is going to be sitting somewhere around 107 to 112. Heat advisory remains in effect for yet another day. Lows tonight drop down to around 79 degrees and a 20% chance for a quick passing shower later this afternoon. We'll be up at about 30% rain chances for tomorrow. We'll see temperatures start to return more to normal towards the end of the week. Maybe some scattered showers arriving by Thursday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, 79 degrees at KPL. Our weather update brought to you by Albertsons. Earn points for gas savings simply by shopping at your local Albertsons. Then redeem the rewards at Chevron stations. Restrictions and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to albertsons.com forward slash rewards. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. As the governor and mayors across the state implement more and more mask mandates, the question is, are they constitutional? No, those laws are not constitutional. How would you feel about being forced to publicly disclose your medical history or your mental health condition or have to explain your religious beliefs to the practices of a business where you buy your groceries or medicines as a precondition to them allowing you to remain in the store without wearing a mask in the first place? Look, if government can't do this legally, the real question going forward, should they be doing it at all? And since they are doing it, Who's going to stop them? American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Paul on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. We have a report of a stalled vehicle on I-49 northbound, mile marker 4, right at Hector Conley Road. A stalled vehicle, I-49 northbound, mile marker 4 at Hector Conley Road. So make sure you're buckling up, keeping it safe out there. Traffic brought to you by ExpressPros.com. Looking for an easier way to find your next job? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Find a location near you at expresspros.com.
You know, it does take two, at least two. Uh huh. If yeah. it's you and your advisor, yeah, in oh, one good room. Point. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ho- hopefully, it's you, your significant <laughs> other, and advisor. So uh-huh. three. Yeah. Um. You know, if things are really sketchy, you, your advisor, <laughs> and attorney, and your significant other. <laughs> and if things are really a big day, like super sketch for Chad. It is um, Chad, an attorney, you. Your husband and a uh, judge, and then and it's a real fun day at the office. Good morning to you, Chad Romero. All right, you, good morning. You just forgot one, one of the most important. And I can I got to give kudos to my CPAs out there. Okay, oh, can't leave CPA. the CPAs out. That's a good point. Sorry. You know, what? most people just care about their C- CPA from April first to April fifteenth. The rest of the year, y'all worry about yourselves. You know, I mean, that's how a yeah, lot of people they, feel. They care about their advisor for like ten minutes uh-huh. out of that year. So CPAs get the good the good stuff for a few months anyway yeah. cool <laughs> um so speaking of cpa yes uh, tax time tomorrow right Sorry, just a little reminder before we get started taxes are due tomorrow for everybody and you know what you have no excuse because they delayed it by three months yeah that's a good <laughs> I point mean, yeah. you know um chad uh let's talk about social security uh people are right. worried about it and and it is a very interesting topic of a conversation it, it may not seem like it but here's the deal there are a lot of people who, even though like that money is taken out and it has been, you know, for people's entire careers, there the very real possibility that it could run out of money is there, and that peeves people because there are so many other, um, I guess, initiatives, uh, programs that are paid for out of this fund that are not necessarily contributed to by the recipients, and I think people get really worried about that because it is figured into a lot of financial plans yeah it really is and unfortunately uh social security is a large part of the majority of people's actual retirement plan and you know from a financial standpoint and some of the things that they can do to fix it with with, with we've already seen them do in the past few years is you know they started pushing the date back from 66 even just a you know, a few months if you were born and, you know, your full Social Security retirement age may be 66 in three months and all the way up to 67. Um, moving forward, we think a couple of those fixes as people start to live longer, maybe just pushing that back sometimes, you know, over the next few decades, even getting that to age 70, which will help um, the Social Security program, maybe decreasing it a little bit. So we're pretty confident um that some very small changes will significantly impact um, how Social Security will affect everyone moving forward. And we think it's in a positive way. So, so it will, is the uh, worry that maybe it's not being talked about right now? I mean, there are some people right now who are thinking ahead, what does it burn, 17 days till the end of the month? Yeah. When this pandemic unemployment, this extra $600 is due to end, I think people are thinking a lot about that, especially if their industries are still impacted. We now know that the bars that were forced to close, you're going to have employees there who up until this time, if they weren't working, they got an extra $600. Um, Do you see anything happening with that on the financial side? So I'll tell you this. We're, we're probably, you know, my main focus with a lot of business owners is, um, trying to sustain right now and really planning out if this does, you know, we were talking about this four months ago. What if this does go into July? What if this does go into August? 
So that preparation was made with some of the PPP money, you know, some of the small business loan stuff to maybe keep some of the employees. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, it is going to be the employees that are probably going to suffer in this regard because business owners are going to have no choice but to, you know, either lay off, you know, because there's just no money coming in or try to dig as deep as they can in their own pockets to sustain you know, those employees where when it is time to get rolling again, that they are ready to go. And, and it is a seamless transition, which we just don't know when that's going to be. And you know what? I think when this thing was passed, there was uh, a thought that it might be done by then. And even when we kind of had the month of May and month of June where we saw these cases go down, it was thought it might have could have been enough, you know, in that situation. But that's the real hard part, I think, that we have right now is to decide when it's going to happen and and how long this is going to last. Yeah, that, there's some noise about another second round, right, of stimulus money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really trying to hold off on that as long as they can, especially the school year is going to determine everything, right? If the kids go back to school, I think that just opens the floodgate. I mean, you can't close a bar if the kids are in school. And in 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 my mind, or whatever that is, or if they're playing football or whatever, we just well, we know that's not happening. As of yesterday, the LHSAA said, "Right, no, ma'am, not until phase four. Which Bernie had a good question because we have talked so much about phase one, two, three, okay, and you basically increase like let's just take restaurant capacity. Phase one, twenty five percent." Phase two, 50%. Phase three, 75%. And phase four was fully open. That's why a lot of people don't think about phase four because it's when it's when the restrictions go away. Right. I mean, and um, I don't think right. we're anywhere near that at this point, at least. But um, no. what, what would you say to someone who's looking at their financial situation right now and saying, you know what? I have been diligent in saving for retirement. I have a robust 401k. Maybe I'm ahead by several years. Um, and you know what? I think I want to tap into that because I need the money right now. What would you say to that? So obviously compounding interest is, is the biggest deal whenever we talk about the effects of taking out of your retirement account. But, you know, in these types of situations, they have waived the penalty, which is a huge, huge deal. You know, one of the main reasons that we say don't, so if you got a hundred thousand dollar account, you automatically lose ten thousand dollars in just the penalty minus. Then you got to pay taxes. But right now, if it is something you need to tap into, um, not for landscaping or a new car or something like that, but I mean, if it really is to pay those essential household bills, where and you know the rainy day fund is depleted, or maybe there wasn't much of one to begin with. If it's a last resort, yeah. we're recommending it all the way and just kind of putting a plan together to either try to pay it back. There's some provisions in that where you can pay it back over three years and not, and get that tax credit back. So contact your CPA, contact your advisor to get some more information about that because it's not just uh, take it and lose it. There are some options um, to get it back in there and get some of those tax credits back. Hmm. All right. What else are you hearing? Any Anything else common that we should know about that maybe you're helping some of your clients through? 
So, you know, that's why I kind of brought up Social Security today, because mm-hmm. obviously with everything going on in the government, people are a little nervous about, um, you know, because it is a major point. They are looking to retire in the next five or ten years, and, and, and they're really wondering if Social Security is going to be there, and should they take it at 62, mm-hmm. should they take it at full retirement age? So those are the kind of discussions with, with that retirement income plan, if you will, and saying, okay, now I've put all this money in there. What is the most strategic way to take it out? Yeah. That is the discussions we're really talking about. And and those are the the discussions that need to be had before you're you know two days away or two years away or a year away from retirement, just because it could play out in so many different ways. You know. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Chad Romero, the Tuesday talker. We appreciate your time as always. Yeah, thanks, y'all. I appreciate it. For sure. Thank you. 747 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. You know, Bern, a lot of people don't think about what it means for them, you know, in, in that situation. But with so much uncertainty. Now, I will say, let me just take a gander over at uh, over at what things are doing kind of portfolio-wise. It seems like we are coming back pretty close to where we were before. Um, whether or not that will stay, I know that's I'm going to leave that up to the financial analysts that mm-hmm. look at different things because there are some fears that, yes, you know, the stock market is all about um, it's all about feeling. You know, it's all about having confidence and having, you know, a feeling to invest and, and know where we are with everything else. Um, but once actual earnings start coming out, then that's a that's a worry people have, because do the earnings actually mess, you know, mess with how confident people feel? And we just might have to. See what happens. You're giving yeah. me heart palpitations a bit. I'm just saying, know? would you rather be prepared? I would rather be prepared. I would, yeah. So, anywho. All right. Yeah. Uh, 748 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Back with more after this. Hey, it's Rob Kirkpatrick, and I want to tell you about a brand new feature at kpel965.com. Listen to every hour of every day of Acadiana's Morning News. Now, you need to just get up and listen to all the great interviews when they happen live. But maybe you're busy. Maybe you want to listen in your car in the afternoon. Go to kpel965.com, click on Listen Live, and then click Acadiana's Morning News. There, you'll find a podcast brought to you by LABI, Louisiana Association of Business and Industry. That's kpel965.com. Okay. Yes, sir. I got to tell you. Yes. Do you? Do you really have to tell me? I have what had some strange cravings. And I Are think, you pregnant? I don't think so. All right. I think I'm all right Checking. there. Um, I have been craving like the kind of roast beef, like the, almost like a chuck roast mm. that you put in the crock pot. Yeah. And then you put that on some hollowed out French bread with a lot of some mayo. Yes. Can you do, can you take care of that for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to run right out and do that. I mean, now, <laughs> don't put the mayo on for me. I would okay. like it to be delivered. Okay. With just bread. Okay. That stringy, crushed up roast beef with good gravy. And I want the mayo on the side because I want to apply it myself. But okay, um, so can you do that for me? Yeah, it's um, it's weird. I'm, I don't I'm really know why. I'm going to do that for you today. In fact, I want you to go in your office mm-hmm. and I want you to sit behind your desk <laughs> and I want you to twiddle your little thumbs until that and shows see up. What happens? <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
I guess but I'll have to take care okay. of that for myself. Do I get work credit for that? Let's say you can do that on the clock. All right. So uh, wait, are you uh, gonna are you gonna ask for a credit card too? You can have that too. I'll bring no, you I'm one just too. Going home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I twiddle my thumbs. Anywho, um, but that does make me hungry. So hey, I want to talk about this. Yes, sir. Um, a little bit later on this morning, nine o'clock. Hospice of Acadiana breaking new ground on Calcutta House. Uh-huh. It's okay. going to be a new facility they are uh, they are working on. It is going to be located at 105 St. Christopher Street in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Okay. They even sent me a little map. It's actually just behind the current Hospice of Acadiana building. You know, it's right there by yeah. Albertsons on Johnston Street. Yeah. So St. Christopher Street kind of goes behind that area. Um, that's a street a lot of people don't know about. They have the, um, is it, um, what is the tuck shop that's back there? Oh, Mary Ellen's? Mary Ellen's uh-huh. is back there. So it's back there. Um, it's, it's kind of off the beaten path, but um, the board of directors are going to be uh, there. Hospice of Acadiana Foundation. Um, 12-bed inpatient hospice house, which I know, gosh, will take a lot of stress off their current facility. Mm-hmm. It's going to open in June of next year. The first and only freestanding nonprofit hospice house dedicated to caring for the most vulnerable on their end-of-life journey. It happens this morning at 9 o'clock, and you're welcome to attend. Pretty cool thing going on there. Indeed. Um, 7.55 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Um, I'm still really thinking about the graduates from last week. You, you know, kind of got that in your... Well, I just think... I mean, just think about in a few years when those that, that are, you know, are going to college and that's their plan, look back on this time and realize that their transition, you know, really kind of into adulthood, that's what happens. That's why you go to college. You mm-hmm. learn so much about yourself. Happened in this time, you yeah. know, with all this going on. I think of the same about people who are either pregnant right now mm-hmm. or having a baby. Yeah. Like they're never going to, those kids will never know a time. Before we dealt with this. Right. You know, but they weren't alive for it. You know, maybe mm-hmm. the tail end of it as as things kind of get better. But it's going to be like those things how you know people talked about that were alive during the Depression. Yeah. That got to like tell their grandkids about what it was really like. Yeah. Why they're so particular why, about money. Why am I a hoarder yeah, of why, things, you know? I told you um, in my great grandmother's house when she passed away, mm-hmm. we found several thousand dollars in between mm-hmm. aluminum foil like sheets on top of her refrigerator. Yeah. And I think it was just probably that thought in the back of her head always was you needed money and you couldn't get it at the bank. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a distrust that lasted their whole lifetime. Yes. There will be people, I guarantee you, that keep mm-hmm. water and toilet paper yeah. and Lysol wipes in their garage or in their cabinets because mm-hmm. it will just change how we think. So, uh, yep, I agree, sir. It's interesting. All right. 7.56 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. We've reached the top of the hour coming up. Fox Across America. Then news at the top of the hour. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News on air and streaming live now at KPL965.com and in our free KPL News app. Back next. Fox News commentary. Ford Motor Cars against the mob. More next. It's happening in just days. Publishers Clearinghouse will be ready to award $7,000 a week for life. That's $7,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss your last chance to win. Go to PCH.com and enter before it's too late. That's PCH.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at PCH.com. 
Entries due 826. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Dozens of Ford employees recently demanded that the company stop producing police cars, a woke insistence that's part and parcel with the left's anti-police movement. Following the murder of George Floyd, the need for reform became more obvious than ever. But the demonization of police is going too far. In response to this petition, Ford CEO Jim Hackett told the employees that the company opposes systemic racism and repression and believes that black lives matter. But he said it is, quote, not controversial that the Ford police interceptor helps all officers do their job. He added the issues plaguing police credibility have nothing to do with the vehicles they're driving. In other words, we hear your demand. The answer is no. Good. The mob needs to hear more of that word. And by the way, I guarantee that every one of those employees would pray to see a police car in their driveway as soon as possible if they or their own families were in danger. That's your Fox News Get commentary. Get the free News app in the App Store and Google Play. News Talk 96.5 KPEF. Brobridge, Lafayette. A lethal injection. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, the first one in a federal prison in 17 years, hours after the Supreme Court paved the way. Fox's Jeff Manasso is on the case live. Dave, 47-year-old Daniel Lee was pronounced dead 52 minutes ago in a prison in Terre Haute, Indiana, becoming the first death row inmate to face a federal execution since 2003. That after a Supreme Court decision this morning overruling a federal judge in a legal battle over capital punishment and with a family, the victim's family, who cited coronavirus safety concerns. Lee was convicted of killing three people in Arkansas in 1996. His last words, you're killing an innocent man. Two more executions are scheduled this week, Dave. Uh, Jeff, an accused cop killer now in custody in Washington state, found hiding on a rooftop early this morning after a shooting at a traffic stop in Bothell left one officer dead. Another was shot and seriously wounded. In New Orleans, the search is still on for whoever shot and killed a 10-year-old child standing on a street. Two teenagers were wounded. We are going to do everything possible to render justice in our community, as well as plead to residents, parents included to come forth with information. Mayor LaToya Cantrell, Roger Stone is thanking President Trump for commuting his sentence, telling Fox's Hannity they tried to get him to lie and turn against the president. They wanted me to be the ham in their ham sandwich because they knew the Mueller report, particularly on Russia, was a dud. It was a goose egg. They had nothing, and they were hoping that I would recharacterize my phone calls. Stone was convicted of lying to Congress, obstruction, and other crimes in the Russia probe. Democrats want to know if the president rewarded Stone for covering up for him. The coronavirus surge hitting most states has California's Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom closing bars again in restaurants, museums, theaters, and zoos. We were moving back into a modification mode of our original stay-at-home order. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. 
Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Jeffrey Epstein's former companion appears in court via video today in New York. At least one of Epstein's victims is expected to urge the judge not to let Ghislaine Maxwell be freed on bond. She's accused of helping Epstein, who committed suicide in jail. Ghislaine Maxwell is scheduled for a bail hearing today. She was arrested earlier this month in New Hampshire on charges. She not only helped Epstein recruit young girls for sex, she also lied to investigators about her involvement. A conviction could mean a 35-year prison sentence. Her lawyers have already begun their legal maneuvering. They say the government has not established they can hold her in detention. They have also invoked the threat of contracting COVID-19 and asking that she be held in home confinement until her trial. Gernal Scott, Fox News. There have been protests in Pennsylvania over video showing an Allentown police officer putting his knee on a man's head while restraining him. It's now under internal investigation and comes weeks after George Floyd's death in Minneapolis sparked protests nationwide. The officer who knelt on his neck was fired and charged with murder in Georgia. Some civil rights groups, including the Georgia NAACP, are calling for the repeal of the state's citizens' arrest law. The measure has been on the books since the 19th century, but has recently come under criticism following the death of Ahmad Arbery. He's the unarmed black man who was shot and killed after an altercation with a white father and son. Both are now charged with murder. Opponents of the citizens' arrest law say it's steeped in racism and they want it gone. Some Republican lawmakers, though, have expressed concerns, saying without it, homeowners could not legally detain thieves until police arrived. Recent legislative repeal efforts have failed. Tom Graham, Fox News. Inflation hit the economy in June. Consumer prices rose 0.6% after three months of declines. Costlier gas, a big part of the increase. On Wall Street, stock futures are up modestly ahead of the opening bell this hour. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. New this morning, Lafayette police are investigating an incident in which one of their own police cruisers was struck by gunfire. The incident happened on Sunday night as officers were responding to a call around midnight at a Mud Avenue business in the city. According to reports, several people had gathered at the location and officers were called to clear the group from the scene. During all that, there were reports of a single gunshot fired. That shot, fired by an unknown individual at the time, struck the police cruiser at the tire. You can read more about that story on our website. State Education Superintendent Kate Brumley tells the House Education Committee that reopening schools next month during a pandemic will be a monumental task, but they provided local school systems with guidance on how it can be done. Brumley says it all starts with good hygiene. He says one positive coronavirus case will not shut down a school, but several cases could lead to a temporary closure. Brumley also says they're recommending face masks for students in grades 3 through 12. Bessie is meeting this morning to discuss whether that is going to be a mandate or just a recommendation for districts. A decision will be made at this morning's meeting as to whether or not masks will be mandated. Louisiana is reporting 78,000 coronavirus cases. The state has 4.6 million people, which means about 2% of the state's residents have tested positive. Find those numbers as well on our website. And a reminder, state and federal personal partnership and corporate income tax returns are due tomorrow. The original dates were in April and May, but Louisiana Revenue Secretary Kimberly Robinson says the pandemic inspired the state and federal government to push it back two to three months. Robinson says they have a fair number of returns that have not been filed yet, 
and that many people took advantage of the extended deadline with good reason. Again, that is tomorrow. It's questionable whether high school football will be played this fall after an announcement by the LHSAA. Jeff Palermo has the story. One state lawmaker suggested fall high school sports should be canceled, but LHSAA Executive Director Eddie Bonine told the House Education Committee they never considered it. At no time had there been any conversation or any type of releases from my office to, through our committee that we were going to cancel any any fall sports. But Bonine says the LHSAA will not allow high school football games until the state is in phase four. Currently, the state is in phase two, and to steal a line from football, it's third and long on achieving phase four. I'm Jeff Palermo. A body found in California's Lake Piru has been identified as missing Glee star Naya Rivera. On Monday afternoon, Ventura County authorities said the body's appearance, clothing, and location leads them to believe they found the remains of the 33-year-old actress and singer. She hadn't been seen since going on an outing with her young son almost a week ago. The four-year-old boy was found alone and asleep on a rented boat and told authorities his mother vanished underwater. An autopsy will be done to find out the exact cause of death. Lawyers for Jeffrey Epstein's longtime associate, G. Lane Maxwell, are expected to argue their client be released on $5 million bond during a hearing today in New York. The 58-year-old denies accusations that she recruited young girls for Epstein to sexually abuse them in the 1990s and that she's being used as a scapegoat due to her relationship with him. The British socialite was arrested earlier this month in New Hampshire. She's being held in Brooklyn. Prosecutors argue she's a wealthy flight risk who tried to go undetected from authorities in New Hampshire by wrapping her cell phone in tinfoil. The mayor of Florida's hard-hit Miami-Dade County says he does not want to put more restrictions on restaurants as coronavirus cases continue to spike. Mayor Carlos Jimenez said on Monday he wants to see if his ban on indoor dining, a 10 p.m. curfew, and a countywide mask order can stabilize the rising infection numbers before forcing more businesses to close. Delta Airlines says three passengers have tested positive for coronavirus after a recent regional flight. The flight through subsidiary Endeavor Air flew from Atlanta to Albany, New York on July 6th. Now, all passengers who were on the flight were asked to call their local health departments. The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon returned to its modified studio 6A in Rockefeller Center to tape last night's episode of the NBC Late Night Show. Fallon is the first late night host to return to the studio. His first guest last night was New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. And finally, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is appealing a federal judge's order to shut down the Dakota Access Pipeline. Attorneys for the Corps filed a notice of appeal Monday, a week after a judge ruled the Corps failed to provide an adequate environmental impact statement when building that pipeline. The heat is back. It's got to be 94 degrees today. Daniel Phillips has your forecast. This mini midsummer heat wave continues again today. We've got another round of pretty intense heat out there. Highs are going to get up to about 94 in the afternoon. That heat index going to push anywhere from about 107 to 112 by the end of the day today. So the heat advisory is going to be staying up across Acadiana for at least another day. A 20% chance for a quick passing shower later in the afternoon. Otherwise, most of us going to be staying dry and overnight lows going to drop down to around 79 Rain chances are up to about 30% for tomorrow. And in fact, I think a little more moisture on the way means we could see some scattered showers as early as Thursday. As far as the heat goes, it's still going to be hot from the mid to late parts of the week. But I don't think the heat is going to be quite as extreme.
extremes it's been over the last several days. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. And right now, 83 degrees here at KPL. Our weather update brought to you by ExpressPros.com. Looking for an easier way to find your next job? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. A report of a stalled vehicle in Karen Crow. It's Walter Drive near Arsenault. That's Walter Drive near Arsenault. Our traffic update being brought to you by LifeLock. Only watching your credit to help protect your identity? Well, you could miss certain threats. Save on LifeLock identity theft protection at the summer sale. Go to LifeLock.com, promo code RISK. The sale ends on July 12th. All right, it is 8.14 now at News Talk hey, 96.5 KPEL. You can't hurry love, you Wheels. Know, oh, I'll tell you this. What, Wheels? I said it last week on the show. Mm-hmm. I have so much more empathy for what folks who are disabled and maybe in a wheelchair or a walker we permanently. Were, we were having a serious discussion about that because it does. It changes there your are, perspective there on There are everything. cracks in pavement yep. places where yep. it just doesn't work. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. different flooring surfaces that just don't work, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway. And getting in and out of your vehicle is very different from, yeah, no, I know. I'm trying to tell mm-hmm. myself that that's what this purpose was all about. Well, It's yeah, allowing me know? to see something in a completely different, different way, way that yeah. I never would before. And mm-hmm. and truthfully, that's the only way these four weeks are going to go by, you quickly know, quickly is just it. to kind of know about it. Good stuff, man. Troy Wayman joins us on the phone from One Acadiana. Good morning to you, sir, on a, on a bright and sunny Tuesday morning. Hot. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm just really glad that my technology that, that screwed me up yesterday, I, I got it today. I oh. turned my phone off, do not disturb, so I appreciate you guys <laughs> well, uh, being Troy, patient with me and, and, and giving me another opportunity. There is a small group of people, and I will say um, it includes um, <clears throat> Governor Edwards, um, Simon Owen in London, and occasionally um, when Shepard Smith used to be on in Fox, those are people that I did not tease because as soon as I said they were coming up, it didn't happen. You know, like it just, <laughs> something happened in the two minutes in between. But, you know, it's good. I'm happy we can talk to you today. So what is sort of the view from your desk right now um, about our area, about how our businesses are adapting and how they're really taking this recent spike we have in stride and still trying to make their businesses work? Well, I think it's just a desire to, to, to keep the economy going. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, we, we can't at this point afford to go back. I mean, we just can't. Uh, as, a, as a region, uh, as a state, as a nation, we, do, we, we can't afford to go back. You know, and the governor's uh, mask mandate, I know, uh, as he even said in his press conference, you know, like, if you don't like it, fine, don't like it, but just do it. Um, you know, I don't like it. I don't know anybody that likes it. Um, and, you know, whether you agree with it or not, if it's what it takes to keep our economy going and to get us out of phase two and into phase three and maybe into phase four, um, uh, then it's a small price to pay. I say we, we, we move forward and, and uh, put the, the political aspects of it aside 
and just do whatever it takes to get us out of this uh, so that we can continue to, to move forward. Yeah. You know, someone um, described it yesterday as NyQuil. NyQuil mm-hmm. tastes the worst. It does, and right? But you can even get the kind that tastes like cherry, but it does not work as no, well, in my not. opinion, as the one that tastes bad. But you know what? You take it because you want to get a good night's sleep and you want to wake up and feel better. That's the discomfort of the mask situation. You know, I mean, and you know what? I, I realize there are a lot of people that say there's there's no proof that this is just something we're throwing out there. Well, isn't it at least worth a try? I mean, for for the economy, if if that is your issue, right. the economy. If it could work, isn't it worth a try? Yeah. You know, and uh, we had a um, a Q&A with uh, Senator Bill Cassidy last Mm -hmm. week. It's a good one. uh, uh, Yeah. Richard Zuschlag brought up specifically the question about masks. And and, uh, one of the things that Senator Cassidy said was like, look, um, you know, whatever your belief on the science of it is, it's a matter of courtesy. Uh, it's yeah. a, you know, it, it's, if, if you're infected, it does help you there. I think there's no dispute that it does help the prevent the spread. Uh, now, if you're not infected and you're perfectly healthy, there, you know, I think the debate is still out, but, um, it's a matter of courtesy doing to others, you know, you, yep. so many people have this, have this disease that, um, don't know. I mean, they're asymptomatic. They don't even know they have it. And may never know that um, they have it. Absolutely. And uh, so it's a matter of courtesy. It's just a matter of respecting others and respecting others. You know, I get frustrated. People don't respect your space, um, especially in today. You know, in, in what we're dealing with now, it's like just have a little respect for people's space and, and, and show them some courtesy by not wanting to infect them. If you happen to be infected, not know it. And look, I'm telling you, the the best thing you can see is, you know, when you can't keep that social distance and someone walks up on you or you need to talk that maybe they grab it out of their pocket and put it on. That's still better than nothing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask about one of the other functions of one Acadiana, and that is it's a big function and it is attracting people to this area. Of course, you support them once right. they're here, but a, a big part of it is getting more people to come here. Do you find that businesses are back into that mindset of growth? Um, I talked to a company yesterday in Houston who was talking about expanding over into Lafayette and and coming this way. And they're still, you know, they're talking about it again. And it's funny because what has kept that interest going is their ability for their workforce to have worked remotely for the last couple months. They're not worried anymore about having, you know, kind of this outpost of their company. It's not going to be as big as their headquarters, but having someone who's living, who's working here, they're not so worried about it because they've seen how well people have been able to work remotely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and Rob, we, we, uh, uh, we have seen companies continuing to look. In fact, you're going to see an announcement coming up pretty soon about a, a project that Lita, um, our friends over at Lita, have been working on. And uh, it's going to be a great announcement for, for our area. Uh, so we're seeing, we're still seeing, we're conducting a lot of Zoom calls with potential prospects, uh, uh, new companies that are looking to, to uh, expand. Uh, we're also looking at, um, you know, we're, we're dealing with our, our business retention expansion program every day where we're talking with existing companies and we are seeing some really positive signs. Businesses have to be, if if not doing it now, they have to be preparing for it because, you know, if we're not in a position where these companies are being successful and they're expanding uh, five, six, eight, ten months from now, then we've got bigger problems. Mm-hmm. So um, they're continuing the work that they, you know, the continuing the plans that they've had to do these expansions. Um, 
it just may take them a little longer to to get to the point where they do it. But they're still doing the due diligence that they need to do to to do that. So we're talking to those companies now. I know Lita is talking to those companies, and I know the other local economic developers throughout the region are working with us on on, on projects. So we're we're really excited about. Uh, what the future holds. It's just been interesting for us to have to do it differently than what we're used to. You know, the the face-to-face thing, economic development is one of those things where, um, especially looking at a person from my generation, not saying I'm old, but just saying that, you know, I've been been doing this for about 30 years. Marinated. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, You know, it's always been, it's a relationship game. I mean, yes, there are facts and figures and data that that you have to have you have to have you know the the right infrastructure and those things to be successful but people with all things being equal people want to do business with people they're comfortable with and they trust Mm -hmm. so the face-to-face interaction of economic development is something that we miss but we figured out a way to do it remotely just like everybody else is figuring out how to do all kinds of business remotely we're getting better responses to um uh, things like our our committee meetings. We're having more people in our committee meetings because they can do it so much more easily from their office or you know from their car even um, because they're they're doing it remotely. Uh, as we, I think we, you and I uh, may have talked about this, but like with my daughter, I have a 15 year old daughter, and she's a sophomore in high school, and um, she hadn't missed a beat through this. Mm-hmm. But as somebody pointed out to me that like, yeah, she's been training for this her whole life. Yeah. Um, the the remote point. workspace is something that, that the youth of today fully understands and is fully technologically capable of. So uh, it's a matter for those of us who are more seasoned, uh, adapting to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really has been, I mean, it, it's really, I think worked well. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not saying that it will ever completely replace the face-to-face because we, we're people. We like to interact with And people. especially in this region. Um, I mean, we are relationship yeah. people that, you know, I may like the product you're selling, but I like you as a person even more. So, okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> you know, I'll sign. Yeah. I'll sign for it. Yeah. And, and how difficult is it now to stop, like, the hugs and the handshakes? I know. I mean, I know. It, it is. It's 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 almost an awkward thing when you're walking up and you're like, hey. Well, because you don't know where the other person is. Right. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. this is this exactly. is my deal. In slow motion, the hand comes out. If their hand comes out, I'll shake their hand. If they kind of turn to the side, I'll make a fist and yeah. we'll fist bump. Yeah. And then if not, I can turn and do an elbow. I mean, it's I have contingency oh, plans yeah. for contingency plans. Mm-hmm. All right. You're like a ninja. I am. You know, I'm a samurai Power Ranger. You know, that's what that's what I really am. Anyways, Troy Wayman, it's always good to talk to you. And, um, you know, we love to pass along these events that you have and, and that your organization organizes. I guess that's what you do. Um, well, it's the one with Senator Bill Cast. It was very interesting. And there were a lot of good questions because I know that that issue with Acadian has come up. Because, okay, so you put someone who is, who is like a confirmed COVID-19 patient, okay? I talked to a paramedic early on in all this. And she was like, honestly, once you're in the ambulance, like, we don't want to do much because we're in an enclosed box with you. I mean, unless you need to be resuscitated. Right. But, like, if you're right. just sick and we're bringing you five minutes to the hospital, then it's kind of like hands off. We're going to make sure you're stable, but why do we want you to contaminate the inside of the ambulance? It's a, it's a hard thing to do, but... Um, great conversation right. as always. That's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons Acadian came when we were doing the mass sales in our parking mm-hmm. lot um, a few months ago or a month or so. Ago. I don't know how long ago it was yeah. now, but um, we, no, we no one knows. Sales. It's okay. Acadian bought. 
<laughs> yeah, Acadian bought like ten thousand masks from us because they wanted to have the ability. You know, they had they have personally fitted respirator masks for their their uh, their uh, paramedics, but they wanted to be able to put a mask on every patient before they put them in that ambulance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they needed those masks to be able to, to to protect not only the patient but, like you said, the internal environment of the of the ambulance as well. So, uh, yeah, it's I mean it, it's it's interesting times to say the least. All right, Troy Wayman, we appreciate the conversation as always. See, wasn't it worth turning your phone on today? Mm. I told you it'd be worth your time. <laughs> You know, it's questionable, but anyway. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate your patience. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Troy. Good, good talking one. to you as always. All right. We're back with more Acadiana's Morning News after a quick break. Stay with us. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. All right. So. Oh. You know. So? It's. um. Here, here's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Houston's got all these issues with coronavirus and all Houston, that. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, big time. Because apparently, one of the reasons they're having such a terrible time trying to trace the coronavirus, mm-hmm. because they're relying on labs that are all faxing their results to one fax machine. They're faxing results? Yes. And to make matters worse, there's only one fax machine that they can fax the results to. <clears throat> I'm telling you, the aliens are looking down on us mm-hmm. and saying, these <laughs> we're people, just going to pass this planet right up. <laughs> these people are some fools. Continue to Venus. Uh, I mean, okay. I That's hate hilarious. when I hear it's of something dumb like that. I know. But, you know, I mean, what are you going to do at that point? Because I mean, I guess. You, you know, know me. I have ultimate faith that humanity is going to work itself sure. out. That good always wins out. I, I agree with you. And someone is someone is smart enough to have checked to see mm-hmm. if. Maybe we have multiple fax machines. If we are indeed still faxing, faxing results. Stuff. <laughs> I mean, oh gosh, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, just in case you were wondering, a guy in England, he was eating outside of a fast food restaurant last week. Okay, good. He's okay. outside. He's outside. He's, right. he's socially distancing. Uh-huh. The seagull that came around, though, was not socially distancing <laughs> and grabbed seagulls. his food. Oh my gosh. He grabbed the guy's food. So what did what did the guy do? He bit the seagull. <laughs> that means he would have had to grab the seagull. So hold, hold wait, on, was this Ozzy Osbourne? It was uh, in England, no, right? Well, it, it was England, but okay. it wasn't Ozzy. All but right. uh, do you know this guy can? He's actually facing up to six months in prison. You know, in England they're weird though. Like the swans, they're considered uh-huh. like the queen's property. Uh-huh. Right. So like you can't kill a swan. Right. The seagulls probably belong to some count. Or something like <laughs> Count Bernadette, Countess Bernadette Lee is the oh. official patron of the seagulls. So when you bite a seagull, it's mm. just like you, you're biting, you know, Prince mm. Harry, you know, <laughs> what it seems like to me. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They probably have that one fax machine over there, too. Probably so. Hey, you know, somebody who does not like they ha- they have everything going on. Ross but not a, but not a fax machine. I right? bet you they're. More they, technologically advanced. And than they that. pick up the phone and they're nice to you. And when they see you in person, they're super nice to you. So look, Ross Tire and Service, if there's an air conditioning problem in your life, like there is in mine, pick an air conditioner in my life. There's a problem with it. <laughs> well, I got one of them fixed yesterday. Uh-huh. I'm going to take the, the old family truckster 
Got to take the old family truckster into Rust Iron Service tomorrow. That's going to happen, okay. Because seriously, the air conditioner went kaput in mm-hmm. the old family truckster. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are so super nice. And especially, we're all working on a budget. It doesn't matter what's going on, right? And some budgets are much stricter right now. But if you have to, because you're blessed with a job, get back and forth right now. They know it's tough. Look, these are really honest, hardworking, wonderful people. Ross Tire and Service, you can call them today to find out more. 984-0099. It's 984-0099. You can go to RossTireLafayette.com. They're right over there at uh, 2214 Holly Saloon Road, and they'll work with you. They know you got some issues, too, and they understand it, and they're going to treat you like you're one of the family. Tell Stephen I said hello, and I'll see him tomorrow. Bringing the old family trucks. Good in. for you. Maybe they'll service that fax machine I got in the back seat. <laughs> I would. They're probably going to say, "Let us tell you about email." All right, we're going to see you. Have you ever heard uh, of PDF? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming up, your bottom of the hour headlines. Then we talk to Tanya J. Powers. A bunch of pressure is mounting on Betsy DeVos. Mm. Uh, should I say new pressure? New pressure. Because there's always been pressure. Right, right. Um, about how to open schools safely mm-hmm. in the fall. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to Tanya J. Powers coming up. That's Bernie and Wheels out for t- It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL965.com. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. Following Governor Edwards' statewide mask mandate, Lafayette Police and Fire Departments continuing compliance checks on local businesses and issuing warnings to those not in compliance. The departments will continue to ensure masks are worn by employers and employees, and now will ensure that businesses are requiring their patrons to wear masks as well. If a business is reported or found in violation for a second time, it will be referred to the State Fire Marshal's Office and Louisiana Department of Health and could be issued a citation by Lafayette Police. Now, businesses who still remain non-compliant will be subject to additional enforcement steps, including shutting off power and whatever other measures are necessary to ensure compliance. Vice President Mike Pence visits Baton Rouge today. Kevin Barnhart has more. Governor Edwards says he and the VP will meet with education and health officials, as well as members of Louisiana's congressional delegation concerning the state's response to the pandemic. I think there are a number of things happening all at one time that made Louisiana an obvious place to come. Number one is we're back to number three per capita in the country for COVID cases. Edwards and Pence will also take part in a roundtable discussion at Tiger Stadium with higher education leaders. What we're doing to safely resume, hopefully, on-campus, in-person instruction, on time. I'm Kevin Barnhart. The state reports just over 1,700 new COVID-19 cases, bringing that total to just shy of 80,000. The presumed recovered number, updated every Monday, is now at 46,334. Hospitalizations across the state increased to 1,308. Deep discussions about mask usage are expected out of today's meeting of the Bessie Board concerning the strategy behind a safe reopening of schools next month. Bessie President Sandy Holloway says it will be a formative meeting on recommendations issued to districts. We more than likely will have some deep discussions about the mask. And I know that's one area of concern. Transportation may be one of those. I'm not quite sure. Lawmakers tasked Bessie with the responsibility to establish minimum standards for students and teachers on school property during the special session. Holloway said that during a meeting of the House Education Committee, there will likely be a discussion of how to handle those 
who are not in mass compliance. There may be some discussions about the discipline policy, which I have a grave concern about. We needed to have compassion, thoughtfulness, and empathy as we walk through this. Holloway says they are abiding by the governor's recommendation and will expect districts to follow localized recommendations as well. If they are mandating the mask within our local district, then our school system follows that particular mandate. The Lake Charles region has fewer than two dozen ICU beds available, and that area has been slammed by rising COVID-19 cases. Region 5 Public Health Medical Director Lacey Cavanaugh says 67 of their 89 ICU beds are in use right now. Lake Charles, Jeff Davis, and Cameron Parish all have a COVID incidence rate of over 240 per 100,000, some of the highest in the state. Now making news around the country, President Trump says commuting the sentence of longtime supporter Roger Stone has won him, quote, rave reviews. Trump said that Stone's prosecution should never have taken place. A federal court convicted Stone of lying to Congress, witness tampering and obstruction. He was supposed to start serving his 40-month sentence this week. A Senate primary in Alabama today pits former Attorney General Jeff Sessions against ex-Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville. President Trump, who fired Sessions in 2018, has blocked Tuberville, angry over the fact that Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation. The winner will face Democratic Senator Doug Jones in November. In Texas, Democrats will pick between M.J. Hager and State Senator Royce West. The winner there will go up against GOP Senator John Cornyn. A new tell-all book by President Trump's niece is on shelves officially today. Members of the Trump family tried to stop today's release, claiming that Mary Trump was bound by a confidentiality agreement. Those efforts ended yesterday when a judge lifted a gag order. In the book titled, Too Much is Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man, Trump portrays the president as a habitual liar and cheat, immensely damaged by his upbringing and his parents. The clinical psychologist uh, goes so far as to label him as a high-functioning sociopath. And fans and drivers will get the green light tomorrow night for the NASCAR All-Star Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Up to 30,000 fans will be allowed, which would make it the largest live audience for any sporting event since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. The winner will receive a $1 million prize. Danny Hamlin, who has won four races this year and America's night race last year at the Tennessee track, is one of the favorites to win this week. Now turning to weather, where a heat advisory is expected this afternoon. Heat index 107 to 112. Daniel. It'll be another intensely hot day out there again across Acadiana with highs getting up to around 94, putting the heat index somewhere between 107 and 112. Heat advisory remains in effect today. Mostly sunny skies with a 20% chance for a quick passing afternoon shower. Lows tonight going to get down to around 79. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. And right now, 83 degrees. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. We have a traffic crash with injuries. It's over in Scott on Westgate Road between Old Spanish Trail and the area right by Auto Expressions. So watch out there. We got a fender bender, Johnston at E. Broussard. That's Johnston at E. Broussard. News 
Talk 96.5 KPEL as we see another uptick in cases from coronavirus. A lot of news from school districts yesterday over in California. Their two largest school districts said they're not going back at all in the fall. It will be online in the fall. We have some other places even in our state. St. Tammany Parish delayed the start of school for their students. And uh, Tanya J. Powers joins us on the phone at the center of a lot of these conversations um, especially on the federal level, stands Betsy DeVos, the education secretary, who continues to be dragged for some of the things that she says and the way you know, they are, you know, presented. And and then th- this is nothing new. This was happening before the coronavirus happened, but it doesn't seem like she could say anything right. Uh, one of the criticisms: I wouldn't trust you to care for my house plant um, from some Democrats. So where are we? And and does it really matter? So many of these decisions are, are playing out on the local level. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning. Um, yeah, the, the, the criticism that you're talking about is from Ayanna Presley, who's the representative from Massachusetts and who is a Democrat. And she said regarding the interview that Betsy DeVos did on CNN's uh, State of the Union on Sunday morning, one of their Sunday, Sunday shows, uh, she said... She said, I wouldn't trust you to care for a houseplant, let alone my child. And she quote tweeted, this was on Twitter that she put that, she quote tweeted the uh, link to the interview that she was talking about, which goes on for about 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. And in it, um, Dana Bash is asking uh, the education secretary about the plan to get kids back in school, because basically the thing that we keep hearing uh, from the president, as well as the education secretary, is kids need to be back in school full time in the fall in person. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like that. That's the, the thing that they would like to see happen. And the thing that she's gotten a lot of questions about was how is this exactly going to happen? What criteria are you going by the CDC's criteria as to whether or not you should shut a school down or a district down or, you know, what is what is what are some of the granular details on how this is going to work? And the answer that Dana Bash kind of kept getting was. We really want full-time learning to happen in person in the fall, which is not really a detail. Which isn't the answer. <laughs> we, we've no, covered that. <laughs> we've covered that already. So that's why it, it sort of got contentious there for, for a little bit because she was kind of trying to drill down on what is the federal government's stance. Do Are you going to say go by what the CDC's you know, direction is or do you have a different plan? And it was the lack of detail on those plans that I think a lot of people are reacting to, which is why you got the house plant uh, yeah. line there from Ayanna Presley. Well, you know, Tanya, you've you've seen this, you know, and and how these things work. The, even in our area, in many areas, the school system is one of the largest employers, and so that is the one aspect where I can actually see a good argument: is how do you protect the people that work there because. Yes, the mission is to educate kids like that's the overarching mission, but there are also employment laws to make sure that you keep your employees safe. Yeah, and that is a huge deal. Um, You have teachers that would be potentially at risk because the argument that people keep some people keep making is, well, kids don't get COVID-19 the way other age groups do. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, no, we haven't seen, you know, that particular you know thing happen we have seen the that the the pediatric illness that is kind of covid adjacent to to it uh, which is also pretty scary um that we've had dozens of cases up here in new york just for an example this is not the only place that they've happened um but there's that plus the fact that you know if a child is an asymptomatic carrier and i mean when i say child i mean anybody under 18 because you know um 
they're all in they're, they're in school, uh, you know, in several different ages. If one is an asymptomatic carrier, you're putting your you're possibly putting your teachers at risk, your parents. Um, if they're you know going to stay with grandma after school because mom and dad have gone back to work because mm-hmm. the kids are back in school. Yep. Now you've got you know there is a potential for that. So. You know, I think the the big questions from parents, rightfully so, are how are you safely going to do this where mm-hmm. this doesn't become a super spreader event somehow in your community? And is there a framework for online learning if you have to switch back to that? That's there. Yeah. And Tanya, you're mm-hmm. a mom. And I mean, let's face it. Um, kids are adorable, but they are also little Petri dishes. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here. You have not. You've not. You've just not lived until you've uh, until you've caught a stomach virus that your kid caught from somebody else in school. And so, you know. Yes, and, and listen, absolutely. Tanya. I will say this. I eat my words now, but I have said to Bernie for years. Like everyone needs like a once a year stomach virus. It kickstarts every you know viable <laughs> diet plan. It gets about seventeen pounds off right off the bat. It motivates you. Now I'm like, no, we don't need, vi- don't say the word virus around me again. Tanya J. Powers, we have to leave it there for time. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. The rising crime wave in New York City. Talk about it all the time. Shootings up 200% over last year. All sorts of violence and mayhem being unleashed. Now the mayor. The idiot Bill de Blasio says people's pent-up frustration of being cooped up inside because of the virus. He says that's the reason for skyrocketing crime. He says the $1 billion cut in the police budget, that's got nothing to do with it. Dismantling the anti-crime task force, the plainclothes unit, that's got nothing to do with it either. And, of course, neither does his release of over 2,000 hardened criminals from Rikers Island. And now another genius... New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has put her two cents in. She agrees the massive police budget cuts are not related to the crime wave because she wants the police defunded. She says rising crimes caused by people who are scared to pay their rent. They go out, they shoplift a loaf of bread to feed their hungry kids. Well, how does that account for the 200% increase in shootings? Meanwhile, on the other coast, California Democrats are about to release... 8,000 criminals from jails and prisons to stop the virus from spreading, supposedly. (laughs) Liberal Democrats, they defund the police the same time they release criminals from jail. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? My friends, we're all living through tough times in our nation, but my good friends at Mahindra have shared with me that their customers are finding comfort in working their land. Mahindra owners are also using their tractors to help family members and to help out their neighbors. And your Mahindra dealers are there for you, too, right in your community. If you need a tractor to work through these tough times, visit whymahindra.com. Just build your own tractor, and your local Mahindra dealer will give you a custom quote. I mean, they'll even deliver directly to your property. Right now, during Mahindra's summer sales event, you'll also get special savings on Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. So visit whymahindra.com now and bless all of us as we get through these tough times together. Take advantage of rock bottom prices and test drive a Mahindra today at Longlinay Tractor in Abbeville or visit longlinaytractor.com. That's longlinaytractor.com. 
622 now on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. It's Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. And Simon Owen joins us on the phone from London. Another country is getting in on the race to go to Mars. Good morning, Simon. What are we looking for today? Hey, good morning. Well, the latest news on this is that this launch planned for today has been postponed oh, for okay. bad weather. It's due to take off from uh, Japan. They are going to try again on Friday. I think this has been on the cards. They've had some rotten rains in Japan in the past couple of weeks. So uh, a postponement of a few days uh, initially. But the theory goes, if all this eventually takes off, then this is the start of a flurry of uh, activity on or around Mars. Three countries planning to launch missions in the next couple of weeks because of uh, a rare launch window. Mars is going to be unusually close to Earth in October. So by launching now, the journey is cut to about 300 million miles. It takes around seven months. And so China and the U.S. both have plans to send rovers to land on Mars in the next couple of weeks. But the first mission is this one from the United Arab Emirates, an orbiter. So if all goes well, uh, the plan is to study Mars' atmosphere. It is a big moment for the UAE, probably uh, not among the first countries you'd think of when it comes to space powers mm. and space exploration. You know, it, why is is Mars you know, s such a feat? Is it just because maybe it's as close to Earth as we can get, not in proximity, but just in similarities? Is that the reason? Because... There are other planets, obviously, to explore. We've been out to Saturn's rings and everything else. But Mars seems to be, you know, that, that, that winning prize that these countries are trying to go for. I mean, I think it's certainly uh, exerted a powerful hold for a long time on Earthlings' imagination. Mm -hmm. But it has also proved to be a graveyard for numerous missions and now we're at the point where nasa is talking about getting astronauts on the moon in the 2030s well that is not that long uh, to get there and so this, these are missions that can build understanding before that happens and you know part of the the u.s mission that, that's going to be going up on on this occasion is there's a lot of science to be done, but part of that is this rover's cameras are going to shoot color video of its descent onto the planet. If all goes to plan, they will have microphones capturing the sounds of Mars. You know, there is this mystery, and it is that planet, as you say, it has this place in the solar system where it can be reached potentially. The NASA plan is to get astronauts to the moon by 2024 and then send them on from there to Mars in the 2030s to use the moon as a kind of springboard. So it is reachable in that sense, potentially, um, in the next few years. For the Emiratis, that is a country, the UAE is a country that is dependent on oil and gas. And instead of being reliant on those fluorocarbons going forward, the government says it wants to encourage particularly young people, inspire young people to, rather than maybe looking at finance or international relations when they go mm -hmm. to college, maybe they can look at the sciences instead. So they hope that by starting this step and becoming uh, the beginnings of a space power with, with this first mission, uh, the Arab world's first mission to Mars, that they can uh, inspire some young people. It's also the UAE's 50th birthday next year, so the plan is seven-month journey. This thing will enter Mars's orbit in February next year, just as they celebrate that anniversary. Wow. Well, 
A lot of math goes into that, Simon. I am not qualified, but I'm excited to, to watch other people take advantage of it, and it's, it's really great. Simon Owen joining us from London this morning. Thanks so much for the report. Thanks a lot. The very latest on your way into work. Every morning. Rob and Bernie on Acadiana's Morning News. I'm Elizabeth McDonald, and this is the Fox Business Report. The coronavirus pandemic is having an impact on what people are buying, and you are seeing higher prices for some things. The consumer price index rose six-tenths of a percent in June. Excluding food and energy, the increase is two-tenths of a percent. Citigroup's earnings were stronger than forecast, though its consumer banking declined. It made more money from trading. Wells Fargo lost more money than expected in its spring quarter, and it is cutting its dividend. J.P. Morgan Chase saw earnings decline more than 50% from a year ago. Wall Street was expecting an even weaker quarter. CEO Jamie Dimon says there's still much uncertainty on the future of the economy. Delta Airlines says the coronavirus has created a staggering impact on its business. It lost $5.7 billion in the spring quarter. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola. Invested in you. It's happening. In just days, Publishers Clearinghouse will be ready to award $7,000 a week for life. That's $7,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss your last chance to win. Go to PCH.com and enter before it's too late. That's PCH.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at PCH.com. Entries due 826. No purchase necessary. Void. Home of the Rush Limbaugh Show in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5. K-P-E-L. Brobridge. Lafayette. Your 24-7 news source. On air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. It's coming up now on 901 here at the KPL Studios, 86 degrees now at KPL. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. A Washington police officer killed a second hurt during a traffic stop late last night. After an hours-long manhunt, the suspect was found hiding on a rooftop near the scene and was taken into custody. Bothell Police Captain Mike Johnson reacting to the shooting. This is going to be a troubling time for our department uh, and, and our profession. The identities of the officers involved have yet to be announced. New information coming to light about the scope of President Trump's clemency order for longtime political ally Roger Stone. Roger Stone, who was set to spend 40 months in prison, told Fox's Sean Hannity he was approached by a prosecuting attorney during his trial to make a deal. If I would come clean, if I would confess that they uh, that they might be willing to, you know, uh, recommend leniency to the judge, perhaps I wouldn't even serve any jail time. Stone was convicted of obstruction, witness tampering and making false statements as part of the Russia probe. Special counsel Robert Mueller, who defended Stone's prosecution in a Washington Post op-ed, may be called to testify before the Republican-controlled Senate Judiciary Committee. Rachel Sutherland. Fox News. Our news update brought to you by ExpressPros.com. Looking for an easier way to find your next job? Well, it's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com. 
Mostly sunny skies out there again today, leading to another round of intense heat. We've got the high up to about 94 in the afternoon. That's going to put the heat index somewhere around 107 to 112. Heat advisory going to remain in effect across Acadiana. A 20% chance for an isolated shower later this afternoon with winds coming from the west-southwest at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows at 79. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, 86 degrees. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. Westgate Road and Scott. We have a traffic crash with injuries. It's Westgate Road near the area of Old Spanish Trail right before Cameron. Again, that's Westgate near Old Spanish Trail right before you get to Cameron and Johnston at E. Broussard. Johnston at E. Broussard. Make sure you're buckling up out there.